and welcome to episode 210 of the F Reality Podcast. Here we are, our second cast with the second edition crew, and temperatures have been dropping, so I'd say there's plenty of snow shoveling ahead of us. We're going to crack a big bottle across the front of this ghastly podcastly vessel and get you to the highest heights of hype. Running through the graveyard today, we will be reading these names off the cobwebbed headstones. VR in mainstream media? Become one with your distractions. Meta goes to trial, and hot diggity, it's about time. Connect jabs a few stakes in VR's future. Quest Pro gets nerds aroused and unruly. Finally, Pico 4 Enterprise is a pro-professional enterprise non-consumer prize at a price that might surprise. At the end of this haunted house, lying lifeless in a pile of boxes, the sneaky guy Jose is going to leap out with a bloody hatchet that's made of plastic and give you a special run through releases. Chat, we want to hear from you today, so please tell us what's got you hyped, what news has you humming, and when you've not been at your bedside praying, what you have been playing. And speaking of playing, you know how much I like to surprise the crew, so I gave him one freebie to break him in last time, but the Piper's got to get paid. Uh, <laughs> let's set the team through a gauntlet and see how they perform under pressure. Today, our highlights will feature, for the first time, a Dungeon Master-style show modifier we will call The Simulator. Here's how it works. My role is pure SNM, Simulator, and Master. I am your game guide. Each of you, the players, get to take just one thing with you into the simulator. You must choose wisely or meet an untimely end. Before your selection, you may ask one yes or no question, which I will answer. And after several months of ticket backlogs, I'm afraid our hardworking complaints department is no longer with us. Uh, so win conditions are preset and outcomes determined by the game master are final. Okay? <laughs> you guys feeling ready? Well, I mean, no, no but does it matter? Yes, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I heard under pressure. The only problem is I don't really know the lyrics by heart, but I'm willing to try. Oh, man. That's a classic. That's yeah. a classic song. Love that song. <laughs> I don't know if someone rebooted it or something. If you're talking about the 80s classic, because that's a great one. Um, well, Jose, you're first up. <clears throat> okay. Oh, man. I should have stayed quiet. What's up? So uh, before I run you through the scenario, um, I want you to, if you'd like, ask one question to help you figure out what you want to bring along, and then tell us what you're bringing into the simulator. To the sim... Sim is frozen for me. I'm totally frozen. <laughs> I, don't, he really, I don't know why, he really but it's like... The, he really took the simulation very seriously. <laughs> oh God, he actually transcended. He's actually it's right dead, in front yeah. of me. That's you hilarious. guys can't see him right he's, now, but... He's like frozen right <laughs> the moment he started That's laughing. Hilarious. He, actually, like... he actually appeared <laughs> he as a hologram in front I'm of me. I'm going to do a video um, off and on again and see if that fixes it for us. And maybe that's okay. You look so happy it. though in the so that's good. I, I look very, very happy. Yeah. Has it has it gotten better oh, in man. the back? No? Uh, for me oh, it still looks the same. I don't know. Is it frozen for anyone else? That's amazing. Only on the stream, but I mean okay, again, let, at let least me he's see a static. If I can, like, a static happy let me man. see if I can well, we need to give really bad news right now. <laughs> well, if, if anything, just so we can continue on with the audio, right? Yeah, go um, right ahead. I think you actually just you actually just helped me make my uh, have an answer, right? Okay. 
I would like to have an eject button. So, okay. Uh, eject button is a good is a good one. So uh, did you want to ask a question about the scenario? A yes, no question before selecting? Oh, no, no, dude. Oh, no, dude. Oh, I like I'm, it, be, man. I'm, I'm an immersive guy, bro. Proper like, cojones. Like, good man. All right. I'm let's, through and through. Let's go. Let's do it. All right, here we go. Okay, Jose, here's your simulation. It's a long weekend. Business is closed up for a few days. Everyone's at home chomping down on bags of noisy food, and you reckon it's a good time to take a trip to the Louisiana Bayou. However, one wrong turn, and you find yourself in a swampy area. You hear a noise that oddly sounds a bit like a boot screen, and then out of the tall weeds, a hideous creature slithers into view. With a white, wide, bulbous head, wall-eyed, glinting eyes, and a slender, black body, it's the dreaded PlayStation King Cobra. It leaps out from the bushes with intent to kill. All right. Now. With moves the Jackson 5 would be proud of, you pull a moonwalk, whip out your, your what did you call it? Eject button. Eject your eject button. button. <laughs> <clears throat> the creature immediately disappears. <laughs> and you win. You, sir. Are a true adventurer. <laughs> Congratulations, Jose. <laughs> oh, you won the situation. I, I, I like how this I feel like run. that. I feel like that was like a kind of like a threat situation, right? Because you know what I mean. Like I could just destroy this entire simulation. We, you touch me, we're all done. There's no victors here. So I kind of, yeah. I kind of like Good the, call. the holy grenade. Smart, yeah, yeah, smart man. Now yeah. I'm going to add a little stipulation <laughs> here. You can't use the same thing that another player has used. So you guys have to come up with something unique. All Fair. right, Rowdy. You're up next. So, any right. questions to ask? Eject trigger. No. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, chocolate. I I'd bring, bring chocolate. chocolate. Oh, very interesting. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Yeah. So, Rowdy, there's a power cut right as you load into the simulation. Something's gone wrong. You've fallen into the B-side. As the blur in your eyes focuses on the scene, you're in a lift, and as the doors slide back, you step into a strange, dimly lit area. A plaque reads the nth floor. Several office workers are approaching, clearly needing coffee, moaning monogs something. They don't nod, they don't smile, they just slump in your direction. And they aren't stopping. All right, remind me what item you brought with you? Chocolate. Chocolate. <laughs> Good luck, Zoom. <laughs> okay. If I die, at least I die happy. There you, you go. Shudder. Eating chocolate. It's your worst nightmare. <laughs> chocolate melting in your back pocket. It's a sea of nulls from the bone zone. The only way out is a ladder reaching down from a nearby window. But as you clamber clumsily to get on it, the janky physics kick in and your chocolate-covered hands make you trip and stumble. Your grip lasts but a second, and then you fall to your pancake-loving death far, far below with an echoing splat. I'm sorry. That is a good I way to die. I didn't even get to eat chocolate. <laughs> oh, man. But you got to die in pancakes. Dang it. <laughs> you got to stay with eject trigger. You got, the, you got the chocolate rain ending, man. Oh, man. <laughs> chocolate rain. This reminds me. I, I, I forgot to make a pause for, uh, for the highlights. So let me go back a step, Rowdy. I'll come back to you, Mr. Chocolate, uh, in a second. <laughs> Jose, have you got any highlights you want to share this week before we move on? Oh, man. Um, I'll be back like, to I you, Adam, I, in a I, second. 
I think I, I think I'll have to go to the to the to the chocolate fall. Honestly, I, I, that's <laughs> all. That's that's the only highlight I have right now. Yeah, that I I will. I think we'll have to skip this one right now. <laughs> okay, no worries. And Rowdy, what about you? You got anything this week? That you have? Yeah, I I got a I got a confession to make. Ciao. Like the, the the nice thing about not being the host on the podcast is that you always get to say what your highlight of the week was before the host gets to say what his highlight <laughs> of the week was. And that's quite nice because my highlight of the week was a game that I played after I watched Sim stream it. Which which game is it, Sim? You know, <laughs> the last right? clockwinder. Exactly. Dear God, I love that game. All my days, that's such a good game. Really is. It's such a fun game. Like, uh, it, it ticks so many boxes for me. It's, I mean, like, first of all, I like plants. As, as, as many of you guys know, like, I love plants, especially vegetables, fruits, herbs, all of these things that, are, that I can grow. I love that stuff. This game has plants. You need to grow plants. You need to harvest plants. Love that stuff. Even games like that I like, like Stardew Valley. Yeah. Love that game. Played a lot. You know, like those kind of things, like they really take a lot of boxes. But in my other life, you know, my more serious life, I do a lot of programming. And one thing about programming is you want automation, right? Automate the boring stuff so that you don't have to do it or you only have to do it once. And then, you know, the program runs itself and, you know, you, you get profit or you get, you know, you work done fast or whatever. This game has that as well. Oh, man. It's programming. That's what you're doing. You're automating the bots in order to harvest stuff. Nerd. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's very satisfying. I am, I am the biggest nerds ever. But anyway, this game really, really ticked those boxes as well. I really That's like awesome. that, you know. And then the cool thing is, you know, you set up your little programs, like your, your bots that loop around and like keep on like doing the same kind of actions. The, I think the, the programming of it is really, really neat because yeah. it's just like a button press. Yeah. You do the action, you stop the button press. Really, really nice. You know, you can make a lot of clones and the puzzles are kind of interesting as well. And they get that, like, you know, you have different tiers that you have. Tiers of success, you know, you, right? You, so you can... Tiers yeah. of success, yeah. So <laughs> I cannot leave a puzzle without, like, you know, reaching the maximum tier every time. So I've been, like, <laughs> trying to max them all out. Like, and the, the programs are getting, like, slightly more complex each time, which I think is a really cool way of... of of doing it yeah. as well. Um, so yeah, I, I, I am really, and there's a story that. with it. That's the other thing. Like I, and, and that's the other thing. Yeah. The story is interesting enough, uh, for me to keep on going with it. And it's not, it's not corny. Yeah. Story. It's not, but it's not story led either. I think you're like, it, no, you're, it's you're not. not playing the game for the story. You're playing it really for, this is so weird. This is so weird. We've got it's Rowdy a playing yeah. a puzzle game, a puzzle game and enjoying himself. <laughs> Yeah, that's here. awesome. That does not make any and, sense. That does not make any sense. And you've got uh, me playing a puzzle game, and, and not just a puzzle game, a cloning game. I generally don't like VR cloning games where you're like, okay, I'm going to be person one and then person two and then person 16. And like, I've seen it done so many times. There's been demos. There's been full games of it. No one's gotten it right, in my opinion, until now. And this is like, yeah. it, it, it's giving me that kind of feeling of like, intrigue that when i first played subnautica i got because it's there's quite a bit of like mm. uh nature involved in the whole veneer of the game the wrapper of the game mm -hmm. i'm so glad this is your highlight it's it's great because because of it's, it's a, just great I, it's a it's it's been a long time since i've been this excited about a vr game really wow. like and yeah. i mean that like uh, this even though this game is like for a, i i get for a lot of people this will not be a great game 
you know, I, I'm pretty sure a lot of people are like, oh, you know, this is not my kind of thing. It's too cumbersome. Yeah. You know, it's too, I, I get that. I get that. But for me, this takes a lot of boxes and, and it's different. It's not a wave shooter. It's not a first person shooter. It's not something VR to be VR. It's, it's an interesting concept that I think, again, works only in VR. And I think that's great. Because they use those mechanics, you know, like, you know, you, you, the, only, the only way you can really do that is by actually performing the movements. They play with that really well. You become a part of that environment. And the cool thing is that those programs, they keep on running. So in the background. So if you go to a different kind of world or a different kind of room, that program keeps on performing and you get like profit from that program that you can then use to unlock more rooms. Oh, it's so addictive. It's got like a cookie clicker style. I was going to say. It yes. really does. Awesome. And, and the, the tier progression reminds me of like, now this is dating me, but Choo Choo Rocket, like back in the day where you could beat a level or beat it better. And yeah, I don't know. It's got a lot of winning formulas all baked into one. I, I think if you slept on it, like I honestly did. Uh, and obviously Rowdy did as well, but that we both discovered it and we're having, having fun in the toy box. Uh, try it. Yeah, I would, I would definitely recommend. That's a fantastic recommendation, Rowdy. All yeah. right. On to cast number three, who's, you know, holding down our socials at the moment. Adam. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Limber, ready? <laughs> I'm ready. I've been wait, born wait, ready for this. Wait, need to pick first? She needs to pick. I didn't, I didn't know what was happening before, you know, and all of a sudden That's I got a, a chocolate thank covered you for, thank you. There's a lot going on. There's a lot <laughs> wow, going on. Don't, don't it's not because you knew we we're going to go easy <laughs> so on you. So you have the option of a question, if you'd like. Again, mm -hmm. a yes, no question you can ask me to help get the parameters in order and figure out what you want to bring with you. I think I, too, am just going to brave skipping the question. I'm just going to awesome. give you my object. Um, all right, go for it. I think I'm going to have fun with this one because I also want to make it difficult for you as revenge for putting this upon us. So I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm going to say a whoopee cushion. Okay, good luck. A, a whoopee cushion. <laughs> a whoopee all cushion, right. yes. Sounds good. All right, well, here we go. <laughs> Ladies go last. Ain't that the typical simulation coded by a team of men? Uh, it's years from now. You're on your way to an F-reality reunion and can't be late. I mean, they ordered a cake with your face on it. This is an old simulation. You can feel it in the air. But then you look down in shock at, at nothing. This was before they invented legs. Uh-oh. Not a good look for you. Using gorilla tag locomotion and being unfit to hail a cab in that sweaty, exhausted state, you arrive three hours late with a whoopee cushion in hand. The party is already dying down. There's no cake. You're snubbed by Nathy at the door. Rowdy won't even <laughs> spare you a glance across the sea of his teenage Brazilian fangirls. And then the antagonist bursts from the kitchen. Here's Mike, and he's pissed. He takes one hard look at you from his overgrown, cake-encrusted beard and says, sus, before slamming his puffy fist on the ejector button. An airlock opens, and then there's no more Adam. There you go. I just walked in with a whoopee cushion. But I didn't she brought get to the whoopee cushion. No, 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 no. I, what I think is what happened is that Adam threw the whoopee cushion just as Mike tried to press the eject button and it landed right between his fist and the button. So. There we go. Well, I just want to know. Fine. Fine. I just want to know why, how my eject button got there. Is, is what I want to know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is yeah. hilarious. Like, I got like a freebie, but it didn't work in my favor this time. So it, 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 it seems like Jose's the only winner this time around. Uh, post podcast, I'm happy to reveal the uh, win condition for each of you and and the loss for Jose. If you're interested to hear the rest of that story, but there we go. Let's go. Um, so very good. And I know we've been. Uh, Connecting there, Adam, uh, highlight from the last couple of weeks, anything you're looking forward to? 
Yeah, I actually um, experimented with streaming VR with uh, TikTok Live Studio, which is kind of like TikTok's oh. version of OBS. That was interesting. And it's nice because instead of having to like use your phone as, because I see what a lot of VR streamers do is they'll use the phone to kind of capture the real body then, but then guide them to Twitch to actually see the nicer view, like the game capture and stuff. So oh. what this did was I was able to actually put in uh, my headset view and my camera view in one. So, you know, if you're scrolling TikTok, because you don't see many people do it yet because you need either a stream key, which is randomly given, or access to the studio, which is also randomly given. Um, and you kind of stop and you're like, whoa, how is this possible? So I felt a little special for the at least a couple of days that I was able to try it. They provoked my access for some reason. I'm like, did I don't they, know what I did wrong. They pulled or... it. Oh, wow. Well, you have to you have to stream at least. Well, first, Excellent. you have to have uh, community guidelines. Like, I don't think I broke any rules or got banned or anything, but you have to also stream at least 25 minutes for uh, at least one day within the first seven days, which I did. So maybe I just did too, too close to the cutoff time because then that's Bit supposed to refresh it and give you access for like another 180 days. But so I don't know what happened. They said I could reapply in three days. I'm like, maybe I just said the F word too many times. I don't I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? But it was it was really cool to try something different. And I've never streamed in the vertical format before. So that was also interesting right. to try to figure out a a layout that would be aesthetically pleasing to viewers on a phone. Oh, and so what were you cool. showing off? What were you what were you doing for TikTok Live and in a massive sea of an audience? I was just messing around in Bone Lab. And and oh, to be God. honest, I was worried because <laughs> most of TikTok I feel like is our kids, you know? Um but luckily, uh, maybe I got lucky this time. I don't know. It was a pretty tame chat i mean there were a couple there was one person spamming like go to my page and another other people that were like what game is this because like you get asked that and everything ever but most people were actually okay. interested behind the how like how did you, how is this how did you get your game capture on a tiktok stream or how are you reading chat so like those were kind of nice because i got to right. be able to answer some of and those how, questions how is the program called uh tiktok live, live studio. studio tiktok live studio or just tiktok studio right. but because yeah, you can effectively think... record from it too but i mean like why Nice. Does the broadcast stay around or does it die off? Like you don't like, can someone watch <laughs> it back later? Like a TikTok video? No, but you can download it. So it saves it for you. So you can chop it up later if you want. But otherwise, once you're not live, viewers can't go back and watch the old live stream, unfortunately, okay. which hopefully in the future, right. they seem to be really um, gearing up for getting more gaming content creators streaming yes. on TikTok. So yep. yeah. I imagine eventually that'll, hopefully be a thing where you can watch VODs or something. Yeah. And I, I know like for all of us, this is the equivalent of a developer asking them to add multiplayer support. You're like, just tick the box, right? Just to come on, just, just enable it. But think about the, you know, petabytes of data they have to then store and serve. Uh, I still mm -hmm. remember being on Twitch in the early days. And at, at some point they were like, yeah, guys, we're going to delete everything, but the last two weeks of your stuff. So uh, download it in the next week. And I was like, I've got three years of data on there. I don't have time. And you guys don't have bandwidth to feed it to me. <laughs> so that was a bit of a bummer. Lost a whole bunch of recordings. And since then, I have too many terabytes of data on hard disks. But um, I can understand why maybe that's not live yet. But just in beta, a lot of people are experimenting with it and getting these kind of invites to the system. Glad you've had to play with it. Uh, welcome to the world of 9 by 16, I suppose. Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Very interesting. But I think it's kind yeah. of a almost a pivotal point to be in uh, live streaming and gaming right now because no one else is really doing it. So it's kind of like if you were doing Justin TV before before it came Twitch. I feel like now is the time if you want to have those high, because people aren't used to, like on Twitch now, you're used to seeing people have all kinds of fancy setups. So you see something and you're like, yeah, but on TikTok, yeah. because it's so new, 
I feel yeah. like if you do want to get into gaming live streaming, like now's the time to kind of get in before it becomes common. You know what I mean? Yeah. Agree. Because right. technology is so accessible too. It's it's uh, that's that's the exciting part, right? Because the, the software it, it it's there, but like just just yesterday, I was playing around with like co spatial um, uh, shared spaces with multiple different VR headsets, right? Um, and I was realizing it's like, oh man, like this is something that you know you had to be a very advanced and on networking level, software design, uh, uh, virtual systems um level to to create these kinds of experience like zero latency um right. and, and and sandbox vr now you can just do it with 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 a few of these headsets for 300 bucks each and and build really crazy uh scenarios mm. so imagine when that starts being brought into the live stream world and and oh, yeah. pretty much people and, and that's you know that's a little teaser when i'm working with team infinite right because it's that's the exciting part right there's a there's a lot of stuff that a lot of people are doing a lot of virtual reality singular motion mixed reality captures but what happens when you have a team of people all in a virtual space and they're really filming themselves in a green screen and they're all in the same space in a virtual environment fighting yeah. off hordes of zombies and, right well that's so it's that's actually a, like a hook to halloween that i saw a few years back i think it was vrla um there was a horror experience like a maze uh so similar to like a haunted house but you were in vr and there were live actors like scaring you as well in addition to the vr element um so you you immediately jump my my brain there to thinking about having almost like that first person like gopro style view of where a person is in this physical arena um maybe it's a room escape you know mixed in there and and there's multiple players kind of experiencing this it could be very fun to see something like that or um mm -hmm. uh, what's it called uh secret cinema for example is another really impressive uh showcase that would be really fun to mix in once headsets get light enough and power requirements aren't such a kind of a, a bear and then you have the ability to get that image out to the world i think that yeah. is a very exciting future it, it, that, that's that's exactly what i mean about hardware accessibility right because all of these even though i'm using the quest tools and we were using um the 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 little experiment that i did where we used uh a focus one a focus three a quest one and a quest two four player pc vr experiences huh. Gee, and that's the exciting in. part yeah and that's the exciting part is that most of this stuff is being handled on the pc side so we're talking about accessible free roam virtual reality that you can do on a, on a laptop now with a 1070 or higher. So it, it's it's just just when you think about like the hardware access and the software communication is getting so streamlined that you're going to be able to create these high production experiences on a TikTok live stream, right? It's yeah. it's, it's I, I'm I'm super psyched. Uh, uh, of of just the content creation side of it all. I'm looking forward to seeing what, just to have more uh, gamers kind of come in with setups to TikTok, to your point, Adam, because uh, whenever I'm scrolling through TikTok and God forbid I'm scrolling through TikTok because it, it does unfortunately hook me and then I end up there for two hours, but it's people <laughs> sifting through sand to find prizes and it's someone, you know, t communing with the dead. I just want to see gaming stuff, honestly, like, and I don't see enough of it and certainly not enough VR. So I'm kind of just, you know, glomping onto any VR creators that we've I got at the moment. I don't know if you moment. guys saw, to, to, to add to, to your point, Zim, did you guys see that actually there is a TikTok VR app now? What? That, that's being, that's being, oh yeah, I think Nathie uh, shared it. Yes, uh, I believe it's on oh. Pico VR. It's a, it's a theater mode for TikTok. And I, I was seeing this and, and it made me realize, I was like, oh man, like what happens when you have 
a bunch of people that are already following the same TikTok user, as you said, mm. selling people through sorting through sand, but now you're doing it in a virtual space and you're and you're now all of these people are shared in the same environment. You're you're talking to this giant eco chamber and and that's exactly what you know I feel where TikTok is gonna go, where oh. TikTok is probably gonna be the first virtual reality content, you know, um Platform, really, I think is yeah, great. platform, but yeah, to consumption a, platform. There was a company a few years ago who came and went, um, who were trying to get, for example, Twitch integration where the audience would be there with you. So, for example, Surgeon Simulator, bodies on the table, your audience is like there in the environment with you, watching it in full volumetric space. I still can't wait for a large player to do that. And if ByteDance want to be happening. the first that's ones TikTok to do it, live. yeah, that's TikTok really cool. Live. If you look, if you look at the TikTok Lives, you can. It's I, I hate to 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 make the comparison, but it's the 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 cam model um, business model, right? So that's exactly what they're doing. But instead of you know selling their bodies, they're using their bodies to sell you know mm. products. Or in in this instance, sometimes it'll be games. Or or in just the interaction level of it all, it, it's super cool that we're we're seeing you know yeah virtual reality forums being born flea markets <laughs> essentially <laughs> in the virtual space and and it, it's weird but i think tiktok will be the first one to really do it um we'll imagine see. if you can just buy yeah it, it's it's they're, i mean they're already doing it it's when you think about it, if you just re- move the screen this way and you put it against your eyes as a tiktok live you can engage with the viewers you can give them tips donations um how much are they paying the you Jose? no <laughs> I wish. Yeah. I wish. I've been I've been learning a lot about it. I'm working with Julian Team Slater with Team Infinite. Yeah. And 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 Julian that he gets like crazy numbers every time he does a live stream. Yeah. And just learning about the 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 psychology behind the audiences and the people, it just makes a lot of sense. It's like, man, it's, this is this is what YouTube used to really celebrate, right? What Twitch used to celebrate. It's it's people engaging with with the, the the content that they're watching and talking it. about the content in real I, time. So I yeah, think that it's I cool. think I think TikTok, my concern with TikTok, having kind of been hot and cold on it for some time, uh, I'm excited where it's going. I'm glad it's a growing platform. But I do find of content creation, it's like the rat pellets of um of of content platforms. And unfortunately yeah, yeah. I, I will not be surprised if even five years from now some study comes out and says this is changing the pathing of like how you think and how you interact with content. Oh, it's yes. the same as YouTube shorts. Like I generally am trying to keep myself away from those because I don't like how it, it, it incents me to behave almost in, almost in a, in a non-cognitive way. Like it's, it's, it's hooking something that is below my conscious thought. And then yeah. all of a sudden, like 40 minutes are gone. It's weird. Um, oh, so you, you, I, you just, you just like, t- you just like ticked my, 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 my nerd bone. And, and that's exactly, <laughs> you know, a lot of people, because I, I am a oh. believer of the complete opposite of that. Right. Cause that's micro bursting information. Right. Yeah. I feel what's happening is that we are, we're entering the era where people are calling it the ADHD generation because yeah. they think that 30 seconds of video, but in, re- in reality, I like to call this the maximize time generation. Right where kids are actually telling you a lot of information within 30 seconds. And for us that we're kind of like adapt to reading a 400 page book or watching like a 10 hour video, we're not used to that, but mm-hmm. these people are now giving them, it's, it's, it's a new language. It's, it's memes. When you think about it, memes are essentially a way to communicate. Yeah. Right. So it, it, this is just a, a transition about it. And sure. It's scary because it's new, but um, I, I love the idea that eventually we'll be able to, just have insane conversations within 
two seconds or three second videos. It, it's, it's hard know, to comprehend. I know where first, that's but... going. And I know like um, when, when it comes to neural link type technologies, you're able to connect directly to the internet and be no longer a single channel of feed. <sighs> Tap that's, me in. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going <laughs> to be weird. Go watch the movie limitless. <laughs> if you're interested in that. No. Yeah, yeah, Rowdy's like, hell no. Come on, bro. Don't. We're already there. Think about it. We're, we're, we're just, we're, we're interacting with technology. Our phones know where we're at. It's a bad ID. I'm telling you, it's, it's a just bad evolution. Idea. It's evolution. It's going to be a real interesting change. That's for sure. So uh, I want to know. I know the audience, my lord, it's taken me a long while to get back to you, <laughs> Adam and Rowdy. What have these fine folks been saying? Any questions? Anything up in chat? Let me scroll all <laughs> the way up to where I asked the question: What people have been playing uh, the last week? So I saw Alex VR saying after the fall. Uh, so that is apparently still <laughs> around. And also, he has been playing together with Paradise Decay and they've been going at Squid Games. Is there a VR Squid Games or is that like in VR chat, like the Squid Games I kind of world? Uh, I'm guessing that is the latter. Someone made some kind of mod for something at some point. I remember when Squid VR Games chat. first came out, there was like, they had... But the... it was in VR chat, right? Was it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's the one I, I played so. with, with some with some content creators. I think it was VR chat. Mm -hmm. I haven't played any good ones anyway, anyway Squid Game wise. Okay. Squid Game after the fall. I saw Dark Angel. She played uh, Techno Vinegar. Techno Vinegar? Uh, <laughs> Techno Vinegar in VR chat as well. Okay. Sounds uh, kind of I don't know. <laughs> sounds like a metal band. Sounds, sounds like a computer sounds sounds like a metal band. Someone didn't need <laughs> Techno the Vinegar. Podcast. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then I. Uh, Parasite T82 Green has been doing some Red Meta 2, and he has uh, apparently a, a few issues with the turrets uh, in the game. What game was that? Uh, Red Matter 2. Red Matter? Oh, Red, Red Matter 2. Oh, right. Yeah, those yeah, turrets? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> I remember that section. Yeah. yeah. And then maybe a final one was Hussein, uh, who, who played Carnage Chronicles, <sighs> uh, and <laughs> also some ATF, Echo Arena, and Echo Carnage. Carnage Chronicles is such an underrated game like especially because yep. there's not a lot of good like co-op pve vr games out there and that one is so fun and they did i feel like combat feels really good so that I, I love that one that's a great not that the other ones weren't great shout outs but i particularly like the you know the <laughs> underdogs <laughs> I, I also love right. carnage i got to a point with my wife playing it where one of the um you like you go from level to level and there's like a like an energy shield that you have to lower and our game was bugged and we couldn't get past that point. So I'm, I'm a little oh. bit of frustration for that bug, whatever happened. I still have the save files sitting on these computers, but I don't know. Maybe one day I'll get to finish it. Did you finish it or just just dabble? I got pretty far. I don't remember where. It's been a while, but I, I really loved it. I think I actually even Good maxed game. out the player. I think it's like four players and we managed to fill four. that. So yeah, it's just yeah. a fun dungeon crawly, like loot, very good. Uh, findy, whatever you want to call it. It's it's very fun. I highly recommend it if you're looking for like a PVE co-op. Uh, yeah, friends. and it, it's not it's not terribly easy either. It's got some challenge, like the enemies are standing up high with an arrow, you know, with a, a bow and arrow trying to pick you off from a distance. They so. do um, dodge very well, too. Like, especially if you're like yes. an archer like me and you're like, cool, I got the great <laughs> shot. And they're like, no. And I'm like. Just hold still. Why does so your AI maybe, so good? Maybe a, maybe a remedy for, for from anyone who's been playing too much Bone Lab and and their kind of deadhead AI, and they get sick of that because <laughs> gotta be honest, that's the weak point of that game. Um, right, very good. Well, I'll, I'll just uh, thank you, chat, for uh, inter you know interacting with us. And uh, onto onto my highlight. Keep it very simple. It's the last clockwinder. Uh, but Rowdy already spoke about that. 
And that's and that's honestly <laughs> screwed it up for you. <laughs> Good, I knew it was coming. I had a Spoilers. Um, I'm glad you got a chance to play. Uh, but that's that's only because my uh, Skyrim Modaholics Anonymous group said I've not gotten past <laughs> a, a, admitting that I've got a problem um, because I did go back and, and restart that game again for the, now the third time. Um, but I also tracked down the intro artist and, and that was a big win for me this week because, you know, it's been many, many years since you uh, did work with somebody and you don't know their name and you don't know the link and you have to go trawling through the web like and all the files you had. Um, so that's moving along and... That was kind of, for me, a big pat on my back uh, just to even find the person who did the intro for the first one, which we loved. Um, we got our eyes set on a, a new but different one. So looking forward to getting that sorted. Uh, this podcast runs every two weeks. So I wanted to remind everybody, uh, don't miss one or it's a whole month in the boredom bin for my fiendish little witches and warlocks out there. Um, and I think that's enough playing in the sand. So it's time for uh, the morning newspaper. So let's get on with oh, a no. bit of a newsreel. Okay. Now, uh, I am on quite the roll here, always starting off with bad news. So uh, here's another one. <laughs> um, this is a test. The infamous podcast of Tested, uh, one of theirs, but I think probably their most infamous, has come to an end after 12 years uh, on episode 668. Uh, the hosts covered a wide array of topics in a geek chat, including the VR Minute, that has been a staple listen spanning more than a decade. I simply couldn't believe the news. Um, I kind of poke in and out from it, but I've been watching that since I think university days. So um, it's been a long time. And I wanted to take a moment uh, and thank Norm, Jeremy, and Kishore for their years of insights and opinions. And uh, hey, for this team, hey, the bar has been set. So F Reality's new goal is 669 episodes. <laughs> yeah. These guys, we've only got 459 to go. <laughs> that's, that's all right. Nice. Let's do this. Not one intimidating for, at all. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. We can do that. One a day for a year and a half, I think. Um, but yeah, so I, I got to meet them in person, actually, at the same time. On the same day, I met Mike for the first time. Um, and a year later, we were recording in the same uh, press booth with them, right after them. Rowdy, you remember. I almost had a punch up with Nathy because he wanted to pull him off the table. And I'm like, they're veterans. Don't you dare. So that almost split us up. But that's one of those moments you just learn to love and it tempers your relationship with others. <laughs> but yeah, Tested is always at a special spot for me. And seeing their podcast bite the dust is like, I don't know. That's another tough bit of news. But I thought I'd share it for anyone who might have missed that. Um, there you go. A any of you fellow Tested watchers or listeners to that podcast? Occasionally. Yeah. Occasionally. When I'm, uh, I mean... I, I don't really follow them as much, but like when there's a topic that I think that is interesting, then I tend to tune in. Yeah. 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 Uh, pretty good. Even Keel cast, I'd say, from them. Um, very good. And we're still getting great news bites uh, from Norm on latest tech. So again, keep an eye on those guys and check out Tested. Nice. Uh, next up, let's uh, dive into the VR mainstream media. Okay. So for some stuff coming at you from mainstream. First off, starting with. The Peripheral, which is a new sci-fi show on Amazon Prime featuring bleeding edge of bleeding edge VR headset and equipment <clears throat> with a vibe given very similar to kind of Westworld. It's a surreal action series with a Ready Player One style headset that allows the user to take on a whole new body. Uh, set 70 years in the future of London, this series started airing on October 21st. And uh, we can see it's off to a good start, healthy reception on the internet as well. So if you have Amazon Prime, 
um, go check it out. That's the first one. Uh, there's another one coming as well called Oh Hell No. Um, actually, before I move on, has anyone seen the, epi- uh, the first no. episodes of The Peripheral? I don't know. I have not. No. It looks really not. keen. I look really... Um, the, looks the headset looks cool, though. Yeah. That they're using. Yeah, it does. The ketchup? Slide, like... It, like <laughs> That's it's really one of those, like, just, you know, it just um, somehow folds up into itself type of jobs. <laughs> Infinite space deals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, nice, lo- you know, form-fitting headset. I, I'm glad because we hope that's going to be the future. Someday we'll get there. Um, oh, Hell No is the next one. So this is by Marlon Wayans. And it's set to host... Uh, so he's he's set to host a show for Meta in which he challenges celebrity friends uh, to confront their biggest fears in VR using the Quest 2. <laughs> so this is a Quest 2-centric, obviously Meta-sponsored show. The show itself can be viewed in VR, um, and it debuts on October 26th, so just a couple of days from now, uh, and runs for six episodes. Uh, it's viewable in Quest TV, or alternatively, if you just want to catch it in flat, Facebook and Instagram are also going to be showing it. It kicks off at 9 a.m. Pacific time on Wednesdays, which is like, what? I don't know. You just like have it amidst morning meetings or something. Very odd timing. I don't know. It's lunchtime for us on the East Coast. interesting to me. I'm wondering how, uh, I mean, just based on the trailer that they showed, it's not like they're using already like existing IPs. I think they're just making their own scary scenarios in like a unity scene or something, right? Like it's just, it's like, Oh, scary. Uh, you know, underwater couldn't, shark tank or couldn't tell yeah. underwater plank. Maybe that I thought cool. the underwater shark tank had been done in the past. I thought I recognized that one. And the airplane one, what I thought was from, Oh, um, for the forest, the go, the, no, almost. the, the, the go, um, there was a go title. Oh, shoot. Um, used to be perfect for horror it was on the it was on oculus go and then it came to quest there was a second edition of it at launch i can't believe i'm not remembering the name it's halloween someone in chat will help me out but um this keeps happening to be it, it feels like such an american kind of game show it really though. feels american yeah, it game does. Show. Yeah. Yeah. i just want very, to see very tongue-in-cheek what like. it's gonna look like in vr and just what the what the, yeah. I guess the see I'm more interested in like the tech almost behind it on like mm. is are they kind of doing mixed reality I'm assuming they because it looks like it like they're probably in some kind of green space or is it like I think it's green impo- space or? with a set I think it's a set with a green space and then they're going to give you glimpses of uh, what the players seeing but yeah it looks torturous um, I hope it's not too put on like I hope it's genuine reactions and if it is then yeah. great if it's a little bit like this is take five you'll feel it and it won't Mm-hmm. I did throw so. a snake on somebody, I think, at one part. I couldn't tell if it was snake, like a rubber snake or oh, I think man. it was rubber. <laughs> you want real rubber? <laughs> that would be genuine fear. But I guess you can't see it. I mean, you could only feel it. So what would the difference? It's kind of oh, like you, turning... you, your brain will think it's a real snake. Yeah, oh, for yeah. sure. 100%. I, yeah. yeah, that wouldn't feel good. Fear factor. <laughs> like, 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 like a fear factor can show. Yeah. Looking forward to this anyway. So that's another one. Uh, third in what I call mainstream media, although now I'm uh, spanning into YouTube, uh, MKBHD or Marquez Brownlee, uh, not only put his head into a MetaQuest Pro, which will flash later, he also showed off some haptic Quest 2 tech in the form of gloves, which can generate up to 20 newtons of resistance per finger. Um, and uh, you take the controllers of the Quest 2 to your wrists in a kind of special back of hand mount. Um, and this is the first device of this nature where, you know, you usually see these and you think, okay, someone's mocked that up in a lab. They've got a cart next to them with a bunch of tech. They're pumping fluid in and out, whatever the case is. This is probably the first device where I said, hey, I've got a Quest 2 and I could I could use that. 
um, you know, a battery charge device or whatever. It's got, it's got little things that help resist each of your individual figures. You pull a trigger on something, you can feel it on that individual finger pulling back. So yeah, it excites me from that side. And again, to see, uh, MKBHD cover this is, uh, is, is great. I mean, he's always into this kind of fringe tech already. He likes to dip into that stuff. And it's not the first time he's been covering VR equipment, but hey, we get like two for the prices one in the last week, right? There's this piece. And then, as I said a bit later, he's put his head into the uh, Quest Pro as well. So good seeing that. It looks so clunky, right? I've they tried all, them. If they you look are, at the gloves, like, like... They're not very practical. Um, I, I guess yeah. the use case is not necessarily, you know, regular consumers, yeah. but... Um, yeah. yeah Did you guys pre-order a Quest Pro? <laughs> I don't get paid enough from you guys. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Well, that's one of our main topics. Well, otherwise we're going to divert here and we'll never come back. I know exactly. Um, but I, I will answer that question later. Happy to. Okay, so let's move on to a couple of other little bites, um, events that are coming up. I wanted to to, to call out a couple of them. Uh, so we've got Five R's, which is the Festival of International uh, Virtual and Augmented Reality Stories. Uh, is coming up in Toronto. This has been running for several years and um, co-hosts uh, Kiram Maliki Sanchez and Stephanie Greenall uh, put on a great show. I actually got to meet both of them at uh, VR Toronto and um, looking forward to hopefully spending Halloween with um, uh, them and a bunch of other VR nutcases in Toronto. Uh, but this uh, show, awesome. if you don't know about it, it really curates um, the best immersive story-driven content from around the world. And for someone who um, you know has never been to Burning Man, looks at looks at uh, Kent Buy every time he flies off to one of these conventions and sees fifty or sixty new artsy takes in VR, I get a little jealous because there's not really a good cornucopia of this type of information. But Five Rs <laughs> is that, and I just I don't I guess I never paid attention to it. Now that it's in my hometown, um, it's quite important that I do. This is going to be showing not just in person. Uh, but also there are virtual tickets available. So I recommend people to check this out, particularly those who are interested in, you know, theater, film, arts, and these kind of short form content. Not everything short form, some of it's live. Um, and this is showing from October 28th all the way through to November 16th. So catch that. And if you happen to be in Toronto uh, or can catch a quick plane up, then uh, tickets are available. There you go. Nice. So that's five R's. It's interesting. Uh, next, we've got a new uh, reality, a new VR convention that's popping up. Um, uh, new Reality, which is a VR convention in Utah, will be running from November 3rd to the 5th, backed by the people of Valve VR. Now, we've had them on as a sponsor in previous episodes, so I thought we'd give them a shout out as well. And I think one of our own F-Reality correspondents will be going out shortly to check this out in person for a brand new showcase. So uh, That's right. Adam, what what are you in for? What are you in for? Gotcha. Yeah, it's interesting because um, this this is going to be at a Dave and Buster's, which I don't know if that's like an American only chain. Uh, I think but it's so. Pretty yeah, much I wish we had. I've never heard of it, so I think so. Yeah. It's kind of like a, a what a Dave Buster. Dave, Dave and Buster. Dave, and why is he getting busted? <laughs> Dave, Dave and Buster. Bust. <laughs> it's okay, kind of like Dave. an adult Chuck E. Cheese. I don't know if that's also going to make sense to uh, European no, friends. But it's kind of like a. But, uh, it's like yeah. an, a giant um, arcade. But it's not like a barcade. They do have a bar there, but there's also like a restaurant inside. So it's significantly mm. large. You'll usually find these uh, like Dave and, Dave and Busters <laughs> at uh, shopping malls. <laughs> <That's laughs> but, so Dave um, and Buster will both be there if we go? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I don't know. I the so. Dave and the Buster will be there, but we'll see. I don't know. I, so I'm excited for this because they actually have some pretty 
big names coming both uh, yeah. from on the creator side and on the game developer side. So yeah. from the game developer side, they're going to have uh, exhibitions and demos from uh, like Among Us VR, Saints and Sinners Retribution, After the Fall, Population One, Knock, um, <laughs> Monkey See, Monkey Doo Doo. It's uh, going to be there, apparently. That's you know, the, the gorilla tag poo flinging equivalent, isn't it? Of course, yeah. it has to be. <laughs> I had to add, I guess, a baby. Like, it'd, it'd, be, it'd be funny if you was like, uh, yeah, I'm the new member of Test It. You know, I'm going to be continuing. <laughs> <laughs> Monkey CC doo-doo. Monkey CD. I don't know where we're going. I, I'm a five-year-old. But yeah, walk about mini golf zine. It's a lot of really big... Um, you know, game studios will be there. Yeah. Um, and also so yeah. on the creator side, we're going to have Mike, uh, Soul Fox, Cass yeah. and Sherry, Autoworldy. Right. So this is going to be interesting because it's a, it's the first of its kind. Um, I don't know how, I mean, Dave and Buster's is a pretty big location, but I, I don't yeah. know how that's going to work as far as like venue space where everyone's going to set yeah. up exhibitors and all that. Cause it's kind of like an arcade inside, you know, like, are they going to. I think they have event rooms, maybe like that you can rent off. That's that might what be I heard. To the public, but it'll be they interesting. They do. They have they have party rooms, so they they, they have like yeah. the larger rooms. Yeah, so it, it's it's cool what they're doing. I, I love the idea of a family entertainment center to to kind of be like, hey, let's let's try to bring in this community. Um, mm -hmm. I I love it. I, I think it's super dope. I I want to see how it how it unfolds and and see because I've I behind the scenes I've had some conversations with Dave and Buster's and I know they've been kind of like thinking about this for a long time. Mm. So the fact that they're starting to execute on it, it's super cool. It's super yeah. cool to see. Now that's great. I mean, I went to a Dave and Buster's once with a, I think it was a Jurassic Park VR experience when we were out in California, <gasps> where you're in like a buggy and the whole share is shaken. So it's arguably 4D, I guess, as an experience, right? Because you've got like the shaky chair and some, I don't know, mist or something sprayed on you. I don't remember if that was that or I'm just blending memories, but Dave and Buster's on is you. interesting, but yeah, like, Family. What did you call it? A it's family like an entertainment. Park? I'm, I'm still yeah, trying so, to. Yeah, so so that, that's what they're like called. The... Yeah. Family entertainment center. What's up? Family entertainment center. So I would say rowdy. Um, Europeans don't have enough fun, right? We don't have <laughs> we don't have Chuck E. Cheese over. There's no. Um, I'm trying to think if there's a there's an equivalent. There was in the UK. Uh, oh, what was it called? It's like Peter it's Piper's like a... Pizza. Um, Chuck E. Cheese has like so many properties. Um, that that they but yeah. Seven like Eleven Entertainment World. Five You're Nights at Freddy's in the it's, day. It's not a barcade. Right? It's bigger. It's almost like an event space that has arcade games yeah. in it all over. Plus a bar, plus its own restaurant. So it's like, think I, big. Right. I think that yeah. form factor it's is like an work. amusement park. It's no, it's not an amusement park. It's more like um, it's a bar and an arcade fused together. It's a family entertainment center. It's With a, a bar, You though. go to have entertainment, oh, there's adults. a family. So if you want to have a drink, but yeah, but there's a two drink minimum, right? And they only do, they only do signature, like 3% alcohol drinks and a beer. So it's not really a bar per se. They kind of, they try to make it seem like a bar, but they're operating as a theme park indoors. So that's, that's what the FEC term comes from. Yeah. Um, that's kind of like what I do for a living. It's, I, I execute that. So it, it's a, it's a lot of logistical stuff, but it, that's what they essentially, they, they kind of like to operate under the term FEC. Sports bar for nerds. Yeah. So. Sports bars yeah. for nerds. There we it, go. It, it truly is. But, but you can bring your kid in, right? Cause usually a sports bar, you know, it's usually tailored yeah. around the drinking experience for here. There, As long as the yeah. kid also has two drinks, then you can come <laughs> in. That's the best, actually, the, it's an all ages casino and it that's operates another good way just, to put it. 
It's, I don't it think you're a casino. <laughs> I, I mean, I would yeah. love it if I would love it if our uh, our, our chatters from Europe would uh, comment on this, but I, I don't think they have an equivalent. It, it, it's a very yeah. kind of American style um, offering, you know. Uh, there's a few. There's, there's a few. Yeah. Um, I, check I, it out. I'll, I'll definitely. And that's the exciting part, right? Like we we've been talking about it behind the scenes for F reality, right? But um, we'll definitely have a, uh, an episode where we focus on that side of the VR industry. Yeah. Um, and we'll showcase it like uh, in a few in a in a few weeks. Actually, uh, there's a big event happening that's going to like showcase a bunch of uh, of these industries and businesses, and we're gonna we'll funnel it through 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 to the viewers. Sounds good. That's great. Nice. Look forward to tapping your knowledge on that space, Jose. Um, all right. Next up, we've got um. Meta goes to trial. So Meta released Try Before You Buy, and games like Ultra Wings 2 are now able uh, to uh, have timed trials. This is a great idea. I'll just fill you in on the details here. So time trials allow 15 to 30 minutes uh, game time and are limited to being used 30 days from redeeming the trial. So quite different from what we had with baked demos. Players get a reminder message five minutes before the trial period ends. So again, if you if you have a 30-minute trial at minute 25, you'll get a pop-up that reminds you you got five minutes left. Um, and if you purchase the game, uh, progress and achievements will remain intact, so you can keep on playing. Mm. I love that feature. Also, for developers, think about it from their side. There's no need to code a standalone demo or keep that demo in sync with your current product. So there's a great design here. Make one product, time gate it for people who are interested. Now, one thing just to note, this is limited scope. Uh, this is the main store only on Quest. There's no PC VR support at the moment, and there's no App Lab support. So you have to be main store on Quest. Also, right. in addition to this, we also got similar news in that uh, MetaQuest now have gift cards available across uh, U.S. retailers, including Best Buy and GameStop. Yeah, it's been bloody years. Uh, you could at least gift someone a game for the last couple of years, but trying to buy someone credit so they could spend it on their headset, you've not had that option, right? You have to buy prepaid cards and say, please use on, hey, don't, no, don't use it on something else, kiddo. Don't buy yourself alcohol. You're underage. Um, you know, <laughs> Please, please use it to buy uh, Pop One skins instead. That'll make Rowdy happy. Uh, so yeah, that, there you go. That's it. What do you guys think about this site? Try before you buy scheme. I, I don't know if I've heard it about another platform. Um, it's interesting. Like it? I like I it. I mean, you... I feel like um, it, again, this is just me making assumptions, but because sometimes VR experiences can be so short, um, this might encourage hopefully more game developers to make longer form games so that you know you mm. don't finish the game within the 30 minutes that <laughs> wouldn't be good although the the issue i do have with it is that sometimes i mean i think 25 minutes might sometimes be a bit too short for you to learn to appreciate a game absolutely like for example if it's a longer format like for example let's say fallout right you know like the where you start in the you know, in the, um, how's it called? Uh, like the, the, the bunker? Yeah. The vault. Right? Yeah, you start in like in that, that yeah. the vault. But, right. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if you'll get a good impression of the game within that first 25 minutes because it's yeah. more like tutorial. It's more like, you know, like getting hands-on with it. And then afterwards, like when the game opens up, then you'll get to appreciate. It's nitpicking what I'm On doing the flip now, side. But that's maybe 
I think it allows. I think by I think that twenty five. It is like the like the crazy the crazier opposite take is. I think it's the right amount of time, because that's the the goal is not to make a a uh, an uh, an assessment of the game itself. It's an yeah. assessment on the mechanics if you can handle the yeah. the locomotion that the the game is doing. Very true. That it, it, if you play like three minutes of Bone Lab, you know what the physics are going to kind of look like. So you immediately know if you're going to hate or like this game, and that's enough to say yeah. hey. This game might not be more advanced for me. If anything, it's gonna mm-hmm. it's gonna encourage. And, and this is actually uh, a, a conversation I had on Twitter with with the the uh, CEO of Cloudhead, and it was regarding the rating systems for comfort levels for virtual reality games, right? Right. And they were he was saying and, and and to encourage developers. And I said, to be quite honest, it shouldn't be on the developers to say this is what comfort looks like. You should have as many tools available, and if there's going to be any incentives to create those, uh, the the accessibility for all these games, it should be on the stores, right? I think it, it makes a lot of sense for Meta to say, like, hey, this is a percentage cut scale. The more mm-hmm. bells and whistles in accessibility you have, the higher the, sc- the scale and your cut and your profit margins will look like. I think that will encourage developers mm-hmm. to really go all in that all of a sudden now 25 minutes is enough for you to go into the menu settings, Look at the accessibility tools and be like, okay, I don't care about the story. I'll make an assessment later on. That's mm. that's a game purchase. Yeah, but at the same time, Steam has two hours, right? Steam has that's two hours refunds. before you can actually refund. That refund, refund program is yeah, still but, there. So yeah. th- this is not replacing their existing refund program for the. It's ah, okay. not very well okay. advertised, and this is one of the things that this is this is nice. There's going to be a separate part of the store with with this kind of opt-in section for developers. So just to clarify, right. if you're a dev. You don't have to opt in for this. You don't have to do it, right? It's, it's, right. You, you have to you have to enable it. You have two options, two settings, 15-minute length or 30 minutes. And the player, when they're playing, five minutes before the end of their time, gets that, that pop-up message, that warning. I, I would still like to see like a like and I thought they had something implemented as well, like like a demo option where you actually have like a fixed level or like something that you can play. Because there are some games that have demos, right? It's it's it, it it's not that it's disabled. Uh, it's permitted, but I, I, from my understanding, unless it's curation on the store, um, that demo program hasn't been very successful because um, developers haven't been putting demos out because, again, it's, it's a separate thing time. they have to build and they would rather spend that time. So that's why I like um, what this is saying. And I have to agree with Jose here. I think it's enough to get your feet wet. And it's it's kind of another step into, remember those ads that you can now see in Quest where it's not just a flat video. It's like this, um, uh, almost like a diorama of pieces coming out from the store page to make you feel like you're a little bit more immersed in what that environment might feel like. Like when we get to the point where like what Stadia was trying to do originally, you can just kind of fall into the, the store page and play the game for 15 minutes or 30 minutes and come right back out of it again without having to exchange payment details. You know, it'll just be so streamlined. So I see Meta making steps in that direction. And that to me is kind of exciting because I think that's a future that will benefit the devs and will benefit players. But you're right. It's and not also, for every game, right? If yeah. I played Townscaper the other day or <laughs> you were saying about that writing, <laughs> God, that game is a five minute game for me, like five minutes and I'm never playing it again. Like that's, that's honestly how I felt about that one. But like certain games are going to be so short, so bite size um, that this, this is not going to be for them. And equally, God, if you put anyone into, for example, Medal of Honor, download 45 gigabytes of data 
play for yeah. 30 minutes of tutorial, you'd, you'd refund it immediately, right? So it's not yeah. going to fit all all sorts. And also to to your note, Rowdy, um, when, when it comes to PC VR, the two-hour Steam VR window, the Steam window for, for, for purchases, PCs have multiple different environments, different hardware variables, a lot of preloaded software that you sometimes have to install before the game launches. Um, for example, um, the new Batman game just came out. Gotham Knights Steam VR launched all the the prerequisites, installed the game. I launched the game. I did the 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 actual like the the prologue. The game crashed. Went into <laughs> the forums. There was some dependencies that that Steam VR didn't install that I had to install on the side. Mm-hmm. So installed it. I, I had a good a good gaming session with it. Now with a Quest Two, you don't have that. It's the same environment, it's the same hardware. So yeah. it's you know that the thirty minutes that you're going to mm-hmm. launch that game are going to look the same consistently across the board on every single headset. Mm-hmm. So you do get a, a, a really glimpse, strong view of what the mechanics look like, what the menu looks like. Fair point. You have enough. Mm-hmm. That's I think that's the goal here. I think that's enough to that. That's true, but at the yeah. same time, the the complexity of those games is far bigger compared to what we currently have on the Quest. That I average. agree with. There's more. There's much more room for error. Uh, on 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 a PC title, like I mean, look at any big PC title that has that has released in the past like five or six years, like Cyberpunk maybe leading the pack with No Man's Sky, you know, like those kind of games. They launch terribly, but I think that you cannot get a solid experience, even if those games would run smoothly or perfectly, no. uh, in the first twenty five minutes. No, I agree. So I agree with you at this point. Maybe that is. That is okay, you know, with the shorter experiences that we have. I just hope that it doesn't detract people from making those longer form of contents of like, for example, at the level of No Man's Sky, at the level of uh, Cyberpunk, uh, and that it's like, we need to capture the attention first 25 minutes. And after that, it kind of tapers off. It's less important. Like Like, I'm a little bit scared of that. Like you just want the hook. And then after that, it's like, okay, just... Like That's a problem. It will, it will have an effect yeah. on the design of content. I, I didn't kinda, think about that. That's a very good yeah, point. And that's so there's true. A, there's, a, there's, a, there's a problem that I saw a couple of years ago, specifically with Eye of the Temple, which I got to catch up with and actually start playing. Um, and Eye of the Temple released a demo, which unfortunately gave, in my opinion, too much uh, in the demo that people kind of were satisfied with an hour or two's worth of playtime in exploring that demo. And then when the full game came out, they're like, eh, I got it for free. I'm good. I don't need it. Yeah. I don't need to see the full game. And I think the game did not do as well as it should have as, as a result. Now, room scale aside, right? Because that's one detractor for people with uh, smaller play areas. The place, the, the game only needed a two by two. It's not, it's no space pirate arena, right? So, uh, mm. but I do think there's, that's, that's the benefit. That's the value of going for time limited as opposed to play all you want, what I'll call like demo disc era. Like I still remember playing, I never bought Power Stone for my Dreamcast. We just, played the demo disc over and over and over again, right? So that's still a problem in modern day for devs to be selling copies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jose, did you have something else there to tag on before I move? No, no, I, I, I completely agree. But I don't know. I kind of like the idea of VR content yeah, creators kind of like, too. Kinda like going, putting other yeah. resources at like the beginning of a game. <laughs> it just, it just, I don't know. I because I, I, I was thinking, like black screen after thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah, like to be like I was thinking about that the other day. Like for for those that have played it, like I have, but like the the ending of Bone Lab, yeah, is so oh, spoilers freaking. No, I'm not going to talk. But it's so cool. Like it, it's one of the coolest things you can ever experience in VR. And I'm like, 
was it necessary to put this at the end? Like, it, 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 it's one of those things. Yep. I was like, man, I, if, if they would have put that right at the beginning of the game, we would have been seeing content being made of this game left and right, up and down. And, and, and maybe, I don't know, maybe that's the problem. Maybe, maybe we're trying to build VR games like games too much. Yep. And maybe this is a good way to kind of like, I don't know, maybe it doesn't have to be a five-hour journey or a three-hour movie. Maybe it could be a seven-minute existential lives that you live within that and you're like whoa i mean that's kind of an interesting point too because when you think about okay content creators for example that are going to be covering and reviewing so they may only play the trial and then they may not get into the parts that were actually like really cool and then so then the reviews will be only based on you know the first and no not necessarily to discredit anyone because like you know there's so many games and you only have so much time you can't literally play you know five games a week front you know from start to finish but um that yep. could also be i don't know just might be skewed it's a little the bit TikTok based on the first generation story, unfortunately and this is <laughs> i know rowdy and i don't like where it's going like uh, but i but but we, uh, to that nope. point uh Zim, it's if you think about it it's like we gotta trust the professionals right the people that have been making games we f- they figured it out with with trailers and game demos with sony like if you oh, start, i trust them like, the least <laughs> I, really they they start they know like before back in the day when when game trailers were being made they would actually have the developers like pick a chunk of their game and like reformat it to make a trailer but now what they're doing is that the, the first two hours of the game is usually the trailer or the demo or the cinematic yeah. gameplay that they reveal so they go they pull all their resources at the beginning part um the first two hours of any triple a game that's an experience on its own yeah. like all the it, it, and i feel like vr may be able to do that better than than maybe any genre I, where you kind of go like Whoa. i am very like for, for any kind of like game that I'm excited about or movie that I'm excited about, I tend to stay away from any content creator, any trailer, any kind of information because I like to be, I like to be surprised and unbiased. Like that, going that's in. for me. That's maybe like forty percent of the experience yeah. is just me being surprised by it. Like for example, if I go into a movie theater and I, I know like the concept of a movie or just a title, that's for me enough in order to, just to like you know to go in there. With a game, maybe it's like I, I, I need to have a little bit of, you know, I read a little bit on the game or like what the concept is, but I don't want to know anything about the story. I don't want to know like what the art style specifically looks like. I, 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 those are things that I want to be surprised by. And like, I have a feeling sometimes that there's a little bit too much focus on like the opinions of like what the content creators things or what the, the media things or what this and that. And of course, all those things matter. But at the same time, me as an individual, I still see myself as very capable, you know, what I like and what I don't like. And I know that that sometimes will not be in line with what, you know, the media reports or what yeah. the, uh, the, 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 the overall community or a particular content creator. And I think it's important to have that a little bit, that not to make, don't make games just because they'll do well on YouTube. Okay, maybe make a couple of games because you need to make money. You know, <laughs> you need to have like something that brings in. But at the same time, I see yep. games and movies as an art style, and a part of that art style is the surprise effect and the 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 thing that you're making something that you're proud of. And that's for me a, a big part in 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 experiencing that. It's an art style, and that is exactly yeah. why I think the Bone Lab devs who clearly have a very strong artistic design spine put the the gift to their audience at the end. The end. Yeah. And, and I think they ah, did that intentionally 
because they're like, you want to just scrape the surface? No. You want to just have a comfortable ride? No. We know what we want you to experience. And we also are going to build, they built, they built, I'm still enamored in what they built because like what the best is yet to come to some extent. And it's not an empty environment. They gave you a really healthy, I think, sized game and tools and showed you showed uh, modders the way of where to go next. I can't believe we've already got multiplayer stuff happening in the game. It's insane. So like that's, that's probably for another show now. Cause I don't want to get too distracted, but <laughs> um, I Rowdy, thank you for saying it because I think the art side, the design side, right. The game design side, like keep it, keep it true, right? Like keep it true. Like do, do deliver Please. to the players <laughs> what you want to deliver. Don't shape yourself necessarily just around, you know, audience trailers creators all that kind of stuff i think yeah. it's really important because like like making something that you're proud of like i always give the example yeah. of like h3 vr uh which is a game you know anton made that game and he made it because he liked to make that he's still making that game like <laughs> and he's still making a game and i love him for that because he does he does exactly what he wants to do with that 100%. game and 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 i appreciate that i really do I, I think it's and beautiful. And you can hate that game. It's yeah. fine. It's I just fine. don't you can, like... You I just despise that game. No, no. And maybe, but, maybe the point I was trying to make is... It, it, I do agree with you 100%. Like, artistic expression is important. But also, you want to make sure that people enjoy what you're making, right? If you're going to tell somebody, like, hey... Yeah. I, I want you to... to this, is, this payoff that you earned is sure. amazing. But you could have compressed that entire scenario easily through that game and what it felt is, is is to your point if anything their artistic expression was killed because they were trying to spread it out so much and all of these like it's a physics-based game like how difficult is it to understand physics when you really think about it if, if the game tells you what what it, what it, what you you can and can't do it's very easy to go like oh it's it's figuring out what i can't do what, what makes the game fun right so you can really do that in a much more compressed amount of time. And, and I feel like VR right now is trying to do the opposite. It's like we're trying to to build games like traditional games where they try to hook you into the, the big cinematic experience and then be like, okay, let's try it, scratch to the surface and have the big payoff, mm -hmm. have the big, you know, the, the mm -hmm. cliffhanger. VR doesn't require that. Like VR is a life. You're, you don't need to be told this is your cliffhanger. The cliffhanger is happening to you in real time. So I, I, once again, it all comes down to narrative design that I feel like VR is really trying to be games. And you know how, and, and I have a really great example to prove that is flat to VR. Look what's happening with the flat to VR community, like all of these injector mods and, and people are replaying VR, classic AAA games in VR and they're having a fantastic time to the point that, you know, seasoned VR developer veterans are annoyed by it because they hate the idea that everything that's been boasting and talking about what it means to make a VR game might be incorrect. It just might be incorrect. Maybe they were correct when it comes to technical in, in implementations, but a story is a story. What makes a story connect with you is mechanics. That's it. It's just, not... Just to well, respond the same to that time, point, I, I mm -hmm. think... And, and whether it, I, I try to stay away from binary um, uh, conclusions. So for, mm -hmm. for me in that, it's like different flavors at Bas Baskin Robbins, right? And I, mm -hmm. I do think, because Rowdy and I are like this as well, right? If you've got a proper double or triple A game uh, and you have enough, I'll say, of the VR integration, 
that can be your best experience. I mean, there's so many examples of that. And then they've got your mm -hmm. built for VR up from the ground grassroots, which is a different kind of thing. And and right now it is. you just, you don't have the budget for that type. I mean, we're getting there. We're definitely getting there, but um, yeah. they are, they're operating for like different audiences almost. Mm -hmm. yeah. But because a, a, a good narrator, like look at, for example, Half-Life, the series, the, the narrators <laughs> uh -oh. of that, the one who wrote the story. Yeah. They're 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 genius. They're, yeah. That's that's the budget that you need only for the story alone in order for it to make sense from beginning to end. That's an art in itself. That's, mm -hmm. that's writing a book. That's directing a movie. And currently, there are maybe some VR companies or game companies that have that budget in order to deliver that. But you can't expect that from a smaller VR game company to come up with a story that is at the level of, for example, Half-Life or like, and there are some yeah. that do that really well still. Yeah. But, you know, you need to, you need to budget it accordingly and you need to deliver something and you need to make sure that the net profit that you have will pay for everything that you invested in it. So there's a lot of factors, of course, that are in play with that. The only thing that I, I meant with the previous part is that uh, I, I hope people will still create stuff that they want to play and that they're proud of. Yeah, yeah that's I, true. I, and, and because especially in the it. indie scene, I, I wish this was a podcast where we could be shouting at each other. But I have to agree with Jose on this point again, <laughs> because having made a game, I think you you end up realizing um, ninety percent of your effort people don't get to see. All that gets thrown away. Yeah. They got to see the first bit. Maybe they interacted with it for ten minutes. But that like that curve of the attention span or the integration or the people who try it and then decide they opt out. I totally get the point. You've got a window of time that to mm -hmm. catch. Yo, know, again, probably 80% of your audience within that first number of minutes, whatever that is. Um, and I'm not talking about the people who would never like your game or your experience, but I get it. You do want to show your best hand to some extent. And it's what you see even in video design, right? So content creators do it and they 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 say, here's what's in the video, here's the first 15 seconds, just to so you know what's coming. And that gives you kind of enough faith to hold on for the ride. So you're not, you know, it's not all just plain Jane the whole way through. And I think that's, we needed some kind of balance there where, you know, creators or developers get a chance to show off, not maybe the best that their game has to offer, but something. And then, uh, and then you're, you're in, you're in it. You're kind of, um, you got the faith built up for the ride, the journey ahead. Yeah. But yeah, looking forward to that. That's a new meta thing. Okay. An hour and 10 minutes into the podcast. And we're on, we're just, we're Let's almost see. finished with the newsreel, uh, moving on to the main topic soon. Last one. Uh, props to Nathy for bringing us some quality content, actually, from behind the scenes. I was talking with him on the side. And in a recent tweet uh, from Yuli Tao, a Stanford PhD student, um, we, we saw University of Chicago show off concept work on integrating real-world events into VR. So you take things like noises, smells, accidental touches. They can all come right into the virtual experience with you. Become one with your distractions. Okay. Examples include if a fan gets turned on in the room, then a certain curtain will waft uh, with the wind in the game, right? That's kind of nice. And then what about there's a sudden noise, someone slams a door. Well, you could have an explosion go off and all of a sudden a wall detonates on your left. Um, or for example, your roommate turns up the temperature by five degrees and in VR, fire engulfs your body in licking flames and you burn alive. Um, oh. So yeah, this is uh, nice. one of many. Five degrees? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Fun. I thought my wife was sensitive to temperature, but damn. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but so this is this... the idea, right? The idea of, okay, so things that can normally pull you out of your immersive experience, instead becoming your headset, like automatically reacting and integrating with those things and bringing them into the game. I think it's kind of a nifty idea we haven't seen before. So. Huh. I wonder if this can work with things like pass through and stuff, or like, you know, your dog walks through your play space and then you see like a, Something representing the dog in the play space will be walked, or just so your cool. dog itself, you know? Um, so I don't know what platforms this is starting to be working. That like, is interesting. A, like an AR-enhanced dog, is that what you mean? Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like a, so It could be either a dog or something, if it's a, in a particular game, something of that IP. But I guess you don't want oh, it to be an, necessarily um, an enemy, because you don't want to be target, smacking your right. dog, you know? like <laughs> so Maybe something you know, more neutral. <laughs> maybe that's a bad idea. Maybe that's why I shouldn't come up with these things. Honey, every time you walk into my scene, you're going to be a bridge troll, and I'm going to have to hit you with this club. Don't come into my VR space, honey. I warned you. Yeah, that's not that's not kosher. The, the the thing is, like, it's an interesting concept, but how the heck are they going to integrate this? That's what I. That's what I'm wondering. That's a I mean, it's, it's just concept, right? They haven't. It's just a proposal. It's more of a or, concept, I think. I don't think it. I think they've got some right. very basic. You know, it's like university level, so they probably have a microphone picking up some sound, and then some prefixed uh, thing triggering in the experience of the, the test subject. But yeah, you can imagine, right? Your, your your quest can very easily sit there. Sure, it's monitoring you and feeding Facebook's headquarters the whole time. So um, it can it can be listening to the room. And while it's doing its noise cancellation, maybe it takes that noise and you know decides to feed you some of it. Or like with the new headset, which we'll get on to speaking about in a bit, um, with that pass-through camera, like what, what Adam was saying, right? What if it spots a, an item or an object, is able to identify it, and then put it in your in your space. Like for example, if there's a shelf in a room, right, and you're able to set your drink down, has that have you done that where you put something down and there's a VR desk or whatever, and you put it down and it actually stays there, and you're like, wow, right? Like it feels extra real for some reason. Yeah. That's a pretty hybrid. Cool hybrid also. hybrid tech is, is is a thing that's been that's been around in in the location based space for a while. Um, OptiTrack does it really really well. Um, which they use like optical cameras to uh, essentially look at uh, active or passive markers. To it's, it's a pretty much what what uh, motion capture body hmm. suits are, but they're using physical uh, layers. So they they actually add uh, virtual bodies. So they're using VR, and they actually have a demo that they did at uh, I, I remember it's a few years ago one convention that I can't, I don't remember which was IAPA or another one, but they had like six foot giant dominoes um in the floor space and you were you put on the vr headset and you're physically grabbing them and stacking them so people are seeing you physically stacking up the dominoes but in the virtual space you're seeing each one of them and then you just knock them over and you see all yeah. the the physical virtual dominoes fall but then in the virtual space there's actually like a like a water tower that you knock over so you're hmm. seeing a physical wow. interaction ending up you know with a with a chaotic result in a virtual space and that that's definitely kind of right. and this was like almost six years ago and that's so how we yeah, that's I, how I, we I'm, got the me, leaning me. tower mm -hmm. of visa right someone pushed Literally, the dominoes over and boom it's those virtual me, architects me, messing me with our history <laughs> that would be so fun <laughs> what if you could do that what if you could take sorry rowdy i'll, I'll let you speak there it's like what if you could take battlefield bad you know bad company two physics Go to Rome and go to town. I oh, would, oh, God. Uh, Tanks oh, rolling through the city, blasting things apart. Uh, anyway. Sorry, Ronnie, you got so something ready. smart to say, I'm sure. No, I, I, I was just saying that I, I think this, I, I don't believe in this concept at all. <laughs> yeah. 
like uh, I, I, I think this is, uh, this is uh, Magic Leap's flying whale uh, that they're proposing. I, I, I don't see this being implemented. And second of all, I think it's already been done to an extent that I think is far more interesting, which is, for example, the void. Uh, I think you have heat there uh, that is being, you know, from external kind of things, moving platforms, all that specific to a game experience. Because I don't see any of this what they're proposing working in like every game or something. Just generically, like that. this has to be very specific to a specific you could game. Develop it, but it in a, like if you're a dev, you could you could develop it, right? I mean, so why oh, why, like why are what, you agreeing I'm, and disagreeing at the same time? I'm really confused by that. Like you're saying, so I'm, it's been I'm done. agreeing with that. It's cool. If it's done in a specialized environment, like what what Jose is is, is proposing, it's like you know that location I base, understand. you know, just like the void. Mm -hmm. But bringing that to uh, a commercial level, to that a consumer would be able to purchase this, or or that game developers would have to implement this in their games to account for everyone's different environment. <laughs> Hell no, no way. I I don't believe it. You can't convince me that that will, that that will work. Right. Anyway, also, that, if I turn a fan on somewhere in my house, <laughs> that the curtain in that exact spot... No, I don't believe And that. people hardly trust it. Meta now. Like, do you think they're going to trust yeah. Meta to be like, hey, I want you to detect the temperature in my room and, and have access to all yeah. these, you know, uh, Z-Wave or, or whatever, you know, automation stuff you have at your house. I don't, I don't think I want... And then the, and then yeah. the thing is, in, in experiences like The Void, for example... You don't need to do it like, oh, we need to track when an object like comes into the room because you know what will happen, right? You, yeah. you know when the platform goes down. You can program that. So, okay, then it's like accounting for other people entering the scenes. But even that, if they're wearing a headset, it's just a multiplayer experience. You can track them like that and you can like morph them. You have act. We've even seen it with the, the, the experience in that we did together with the... Uh, the, the the person who was it Dr. Crumbs or oh, whatever? Oh yeah, Dr. Crumb, man, that was so fun. like those kind of acting kind of experiences, you know. Yep. But then on the location base, but all that stuff is nothing of it is, is new. It's not the the, the the novel concept that they're proposing, in my opinion, is not something that is applicable. Yeah, yeah. it's fair. The thing is, it's highly dynamic. If you tried to implement it at platform level. We're many years off of that. I still think it's possible in the ultimate vision that Meta plans, which is I want to know what every object is in your house and have it tagged, identified. Like, and that's that's the plan. They're trying to map, just like Google Maps did. They're trying to map all of your environments where you're operating with their headsets, which is kind of a scary thing if you think about what they can do with that information. Um, but in the context of gamification, I could see that being a reality. But it would probably yeah. have to be something where You've got some AI smarts doing the manipulation. It isn't hard coded. It would have to be dynamic and it's no time soon. So I agree with you on that part, <laughs> at least. Good. We've got some hype and hype and flame and stuff kicking up in this podcast. Great. This is exactly what we Hell want. Yeah. Thank you, Nathy, for uh, sporting us that one. That was a kind of a fun university piece. Let's get on to one of our main topics now. So the MetaConnect recap. Uh, it feels like it's been a month, uh, but back on October 11th, Meta unveiled their poorly kept plans for virtual reality. Um, Quest Pro was finally put on stage, albeit missing a few important details in their keynote, uh, and during a bit of an awkward tango between VR besties, Mark and Andy. We also learned of Meta's plans for a Quest 3, uh, which Meta expects to be in the range of 300 to 500 US dollars, uh, but won't be available this year. So I was definitely wrong on my predictions. But um, I'm more sad that my wallet is going to stay shut this holiday season. Um, for rich Uncle Pennybags, however, and his kind, 
that's the name of the Monopoly guy, by the way, rich uncle Pennybags, uh, for 1500 US dollars for the Quest Pro, plus, let's say, $120 for the case, uh, and $50 for the full light blocker. That gives you a kind of starting package total of about 1670 US dollars. Uh, for Rowdy and I, with tax, uh, for those of us in Canada, that would be uh, 2,600 Canadian dollars. <laughs> oh, that's a bit of a bit of a price of a sandwich, isn't it? And that's quite a lot. So for Europeans, I would just say thanks to your crashing economy. I mean, ours too, but hey, <laughs> uh, expect to pay about the same as US dollars in your local currency. Um, and so that was that was kind of the the, the cost of that. I'm I, I am going to go into the breakdown of the headset in a little bit. Let's let me just pause there before I go on to the rest of what came out in, in Connect in terms of news. Let's answer Jose's question, right? Show of hands here, so to speak, verbally for our audio listeners as well. Who of you have bought in to this expensive headset? I'm guessing, Jose, because you asked yes, the question. Sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I am jealous. Uh, I'm I, jealous I'm super, because... I'm super excited about it, man. I, 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 I think it's, yeah, hype. What, what excites you most about it? Um, I know I'm going to go into the detail, but just if you can touch mm-hmm. on, you know, quickly, like what would... Um, spatial, spatial computing. Um, mm-hmm. it, this is, this is kind of the, this is the meta quest two for business. And they really are going after that. They want to create yep. scenarios where you can, you know, a, a lot of people think that the battery life is a problem, but when you think about it by law and by regulations, you're not supposed to stay in front of a virtual device for longer than two hours. So they decided to go above and beyond and use the battery life to focus on very active spatial, um, a very active, you know, text clarity, a lot of things behind the scene, encryption, um, the ability to have a virtual desktop environment. So, for example, me and my team can now be able to collaborate on a now uh, infrastructure that I get as a business owner to control, right? So I get to say, hey, this is so the Windows How many hours do they work? <laughs> What's up? They, How many they work, hours a day do they work? They work about uh, on a virtual on a virtual space. It's all meetings based, right? Nobody ever really these devices are right. not at the moment designed for you to work the entire day. They're meant for you to collaborate and have right. uh, have uh, a sense of presence, especially when you work with three D assets a lot, like uh, amusement products or virtual reality kiosks or booth. Or if you're in the car design industry and you're, you know, you're looking, you want to share a, a door handle, things like this that. You know, so it's just a, it sounds very silly mm-hmm. because, yeah, gamers think, see these case studies and they, they, they really, they find them dumb. It's, it's stupid. If you're a gamer, you're not going to do any of that. But we in are the, in the definitely going to have design, a good conversation in a few minutes. Oh yeah, minutes. product but design. But I'm going to cut industry. you off for a second because so, yeah, like, cut me off because I'm getting into the product itself. I, guess. <laughs> I was going to say, let me just. Cover off the f- fundamentals before we go into mm-hmm. what is going to be a, uh, a bright and brimming conversation. So yes. uh, MetaConnect, okay, uh, we did get a rundown of some game news. Notably, there was no mention of GTA San Andreas, um, not a peep. Uh, we did hear, however, Iron Man VR, which was a bit of a surprise news coming to the Quest environment. Uh, Pop One Sandbox coming shortly, Among Us, which Adam mentioned earlier. That's a Shell Games title. Can't wait for that to drop, honestly, and the price of that as well. Awesome. Uh, again, I won't mention some of this stuff. Jose might be covering it a bit later on. Um, the Walking Dead Saints and Sinners Retribution, that one for me is, that's going to make my Q4. Um, I can't wait for more Saints and Sinners. It is in my top five all-time games. Love that. And... Uh, Skydance Interactive dropped a naughty little teaser for Behemoth, 
Um, I think I forgot to drop you a link for this one, Rowdy. If you're able to find it, please do. It's a very um, impressive so that's trailer. Hemet. Very like, impressive. Wow. And it just was so teaser. much reveal. Teaser more than trailer. Sorry if I used that word. Um, but it's coming from the studios behind Saints and Sinners and Archangel. And it really made my skooma addiction uh, flare right up because it looks like a fantasy setting, kind of Skyrim-esque. And man, it looks good. So, Adam, you clearly um, are interested in that one, too. So what what got you lit up? Uh, well, mostly the fact that I was like, oh, cool, like a new title. And it's like, just title. <laughs> and then I was like, oh. <laughs> but I mean. Those are the kind of trailers that I like. <laughs> I, I, I yeah, exactly. I like for the IP, like, you know, they, they produce some good work. So I, there's really nothing we know other than snowy fantasy setting of some sort. Probably going to be swords, yeah. maybe. Maybe giant monsters. I don't know. We, we literally know nothing other than the title and maybe some scenery. But I, I, I'm still curious. I'm curious, at least. I think it was a kind of terrible teaser, but it, something's coming. Terrible big. teaser because it puts you on that cliff edge and you have to wait. Well, and you're at <laughs> MetaConnect, so you're part. expecting like bigger, you know, meteor stuff. Yeah. And then it just kind of felt a little bit like a slap in the face. But it's interesting. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not no denying that's not interesting. You're but, like, this uh, could have been a tweet. <laughs> <That's> I, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Okay. Um, well, we the other thing that, 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 that we learned, uh, more development studios are getting sucked into the vortex with Meta picking up two different studios, uh, Camouflage and Armature Studios. So that's the creators behind Iron Man VR answering the question of, hang on a second, how did you break from the PlayStation um, single platform release that Iron Man had before? And Resident Evil 4 VR, who who had huge success in the last year. So, I mean, this is a, in my opinion, this is a very big deal, and I don't take this news lightly. I mean, they are snowballing development firms. They've taken on beat games and... Sansaru, I think, as well. Other other firms. Uh, it, it's it's bad. So there, it's obviously a winning play, but I'm a little nervous um, that this is heading in the realm of like monopoly. You know, they're going to have so many first party studios that, yeah. as a gamer, it's going to be hard to say no to. Um, that's a tough one. Uh, but perhaps the biggest news we saw was Satya Nadella, executive chairman and CEO of Microsoft, um, in a huge surprise, appearing next to Mark Zuckerberg. For a like a like an avalanche of partnership news, um, so in the short term we can expect Xbox's cloud gaming offering coming to Quest Two. Again, I'd say a welcome surprise for most gamers, as well as in a wide array of Microsoft Office apps uh, coming to the Quest platform. Uh, so, again, absolutely gargantuan. I know a lot of um, I'll call them millennials or whatever don't realize this about Microsoft. They were the top, right? They are a giant and. Um, They've generally stayed back from VR, but when the CV1 launched, there was a partnership to bring an Xbox controller in every box with the Rift, which was Oculus's first consumer headset. And for those of you who are really new, Meta, uh, <laughs> previously, you know, Facebook, previously Oculus, uh, not to confuse you, right? We're all talking about the same kind of company here, uh, but they're now rekindling an old flame. It looks like an easy path to revenue for Microsoft expanded control for the new world that Meta is envisaging and building. And having two massive companies join up and attempt to share reins of the metaverse, this is the biggest play I've seen in terms of corporations aligning to stake their claim in our modern day Wild West. And it's frankly dangerous because these both, both of these companies are renowned for having to be 
pulled back by a leash, like regulators having to hold their hand uh, and slap them every so often to say, no, you can't do that. And you got to treat consumers right and this and that. So we got to watch out, I think. How did you all react to the Microsoft news? Oh, super excited. It, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> it makes perfect sense because if they want to make a business developer headset or a business oriented headset, you can't do that nowadays without having Microsoft on board. Yeah. Everything from Microsoft Power BI to uh, the Office Suite to Outlook to all of those kind of programs, they are core, 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 core programs for so many businesses. Yeah. Not having these on board, just forget about it. Yeah. You, and, and, you can't and, uh, do, I mean, I tend to not use those programs too much because I work in a different, I'm, I'm a Linux <laughs> guy. I work on that kind of platform. They don't have that stuff there. So, but I understand that for those programs to be developed and those programs to be made, you're first gonna have to have the big partner on board. Yeah, yeah. and it's so, also um, and it's much and, bigger and deeper than that, right? Because in order, it, it what it what means to get certification by Microsoft, right? So there's something called PCI compliance, which is yeah. the ability to encrypt data that you're dealing with. Uh, if you're in the let's say hospital in the private sector. And you're looking at a lot of information. Exactly. Right now with VR headsets and XR, you can really tap into these view inputs, right? So by by Microsoft coming in, <clears throat> they're pretty much saying, hey, these now easily tappable hardware APIs that exist can now be encrypted. Or we have now these layers in order to bring in clouding exactly. architecture, mobile device management, right? That's yeah. the most important thing right now is how do you quality assure 10,000 of these headsets. A lot of people keep talking about the price of the, of the, of the, of the Quest Pro. The Quest Pro is the cheapest XR headset when it comes to business. We're talking about a tack, untacked, a product that you can expense at $1,500. Usually, uh, a per, yeah. uh, professional equipment technology that goes into this sector starts at $5,000. This is, they're yeah. actually taking a huge financial cut on this product. It's just when you look at it from a gaming yeah. perspective, it's very difficult to understand and see when you, but when you yeah. actually see the, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a mark. I, I'm, I, when you start a business, one of the important things is learning to, to emphasize not just what you're selling, but also the energy and the vision through everything that you showcase. There's a reason they didn't show San Andreas, but they showed Iron Man. Think about what Iron Man represents. Think about augmented reality. Think about spatial computing. Think about what Iron Man himself represents mm -hmm. and look at the product that they're selling. This is marketing psychology. Mm -hmm. So when you start thinking about, oh, I wonder why they're actually acquired a company that developed and is actually thinking about augmented overlays, about bringing in the physical and the digital world. Of course, the guys who developed the Iron Man game, they're probably already developing pass-through APIs to like augment the vision. So there's stuff behind the yeah. scenes that's already being worked yeah. on. That's a good point. But for me as well, like if, if you ask me, do I think that the price of the of the of the Meta Quest is like too expensive? The Meta Pro uh, is too expensive? Then yes, it's too expensive. But if you ask me again, like, is it too expensive? Then I'll probably say no, it's not too expensive. Because it depends on what audience you're asking this mm -hmm. from. Right. If you're asking this for a gaming audience that indeed, like I saw a lot of the media reporting on like, you know, uh, it's the price of three PS5s. Well, yeah. Okay. But a car, a car, for example, if you buy a car, it's a price of like, I don't know, like 20 PS5s. It's not, it's not, it's not logical to make that kind of comparison. Yeah. Uh, and that on the side as well is that I think that the, because a lot of people are saying like, oh, but they're giving gaming news. Why are they giving gaming news? It's not clear for the consumer. The, the reason why they're doing that, in my opinion, at least, I don't know if that is true, is 
eventually they want to have a, a one device all use case. So yep. whether it's for business, whether it's like your desktop, whether it's for business, yep. whether it's for gaming, whether it's for whatever it is that you normally do or will do in a VR headset, you'll be using one device. And then if you think about it, it's not that expensive because how much do you pay for your desktop? You know, like all of those kind of things are kind of like connected. So if you're asking me now, like, uh, yeah, is it too expensive? At this point, yeah, because there's no real application for it yet that you uh -oh. can use, use oh, no. now. Oh, no. That's what Please happens when you betray right the Linux gods. If you betray the <laughs> Linux gods, this is what happens. <laughs> you're back. You're back. You're here. I don't know what's going on. I'm, I'm still here. I'm still here. Can you guys hear me? Or yes. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, upset, you, you, you upset the Linux gods, bro. They were like, oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> shut them down. But, you know, it, it, just to, to add uh, one small point is that when you buy the Quest Pro, you're actually purchasing, uh, purchasing also a powerful computer, not just the headset. You're getting the cloud side. Oh. We're okay. okay now. Yep. Okay. So you're getting the cloud-sided uh, computing, right? So that's a, that's a cloud-based Windows operating system that it is essentially a computer that you will save your files. You will use as a, normally as a normal computer. It's just that environment is on the cloud. And yep. as these headsets get faster, as the latency gets more advanced, Xbox Live, right? So a lot of people think of Microsoft as they abandoned VR. They never did. They've been involved in VR way more than people would imagine. All of the cloud infrastructure that does like the cloud virtual reality computing, spatial computing, all of that is currently being ran on Azure servers. <laughs> that is Microsoft, Sony's PlayStation VR, all yeah, of these 100%. really cool checkered rendering, all of these cool advanced tools are currently running on Azure networks. So they're, they're not just um, involved in the space, they're learning of the space. And what happens when Windows 11 Cloud on a VR headset decides to go beyond the the 1920 1080p resolution that they're giving you in the virtual space, it just goes full spatial, right? It, it, the headset will be able to do that. And that's what's going to happen. It's not going to, it's more than just infinity screens. Exactly. You're going to be inside your environment and that's spatial computing. It's, it, it's, it's very exciting. I, 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 I love, uh, I, I absolutely love Jose, A, some of the links that you're making, B, uh, the vision that you have for the future and how you see this. Um, I couldn't agree more completely with, with, both the points you and Rowdy are making. Um, but I did want to hand it over to Adam. How did yes. you react to this? I'm really curious, like, how, how, how did the news feel for you? What do you think about all this? Honestly, when it came to, at least from Microsoft specifically, it, it made sense to me because I feel like they've sort of dipped a toe in and clearly have shown their interest. But I don't know, you know, behind the yeah. scenes, if it's like a time or a resources thing, but they're kind of like, screw it. You know, this company is uh, pushing VR forward, knows a lot more in that sense than we do just work with someone who knows what they're doing. Not that Microsoft doesn't know what they're doing, but like, it just makes sense to like, just go with someone yeah. who's already kind of doing the thing and, you know, latch on with a partnership or whatnot there. So go with that. And especially, yeah. yeah, because like everyone said, they are working on more of a businessy office -y sense. Um, then yeah, everybody knows about, well, I don't know. I don't want to say everybody knows about Microsoft tools, but I assume most people do. Um, oh. So it just, it makes sense. All the boring people do. Yes, we are. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's an age but thing or I, I feel like it's a it's been a combination. It's like a it's a marriage I wasn't expecting to happen this soon. Um and just to see them make that gigantic power play is like 
wow, they're catching it when people aren't expecting us to catch yeah. it. And there won't be many people asking questions. And before long, they'll have such momentum that, yeah, who's going who's gonna to go up against that partnership? Honestly, it's kind of like them holding hands, bracing. Uh, I forget what that game is called where you're running through the arms of um, people in a field. But um, it's like bracing for the impact what? that Apple is really? inevitably going to have. You know, it's you know what's really funny Red is Rover. that Mark, Red Mark, the game. a lot of people don't realize this, especially because a lot of people love to hate Mark Zuckerberg. And oh yeah, um, Mark Zuckerberg, and this is going to be the hottest take that I'm going to say a lot. It's going to piss a lot of people off. But Mark Zuckerberg's vision of VR is 100% exactly what Gabe Newell's vision for VR is. And in fact... Mark is focused on that goal a lot better than Gabe ever was and Steam. And, and, and I love the Valve Index. I love what they're doing with VR. But Mark is actually executing on the vision of spatial computing. So when it comes to virtual well, we reality... Gabe in the chat. Oh, man. So I, love, listen, Gabe, I love you. I love you. I'm sorry. Oh. But He's at on the a end flight the, from New Zealand now. Oh, man. Damn I don't it, know where but, he is now. It, it, it just, it, it's, you know, a lot of people don't want to accept that. It's a, it's a very difficult yeah, thing people, to swallow because Mark, you know, people love hating Mark, but at the end, especially yeah. what they do in Microsoft, it's not, it, Microsoft is an operating system company. They're not really in the hardware. They're into integrating the best of the hardware that already exists and bringing their platform in order to enhance it. That's what they yeah. do. So the fact that they saw mark's vision so early and they said oh we're tapping into this now it is absolutely crazy they have hololens yeah. they have mixed they have a lot of hardware that they've been trying to develop to get this to happen and the fact that they said oh this is it of course it, 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 oh man i i it's, I it's a lot wait. well on on paper and this is this is why i led with this comment on paper uh the opportunity for them to absolutely go to the bank with this integration just if I talk about the Office 365 suite, along with any, what I'll call the new laptop style headset for a home worker, for someone who's trying to be productive, they're going to make a fortune. Uh, there's no competition. There's no competition yeah. in that space at all. Especially especially because they have legs now, right, Zim? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And now we have, thank you for... We're going on to the next piece here now. So legs, uh, in, in also in MetaConnect, we got um, AI model-driven legs coming. Uh, apparently what was shown on stream was actually mo-capped and not from an actual model. Yeah, I hate that's the that horrible so thing, so right? much. That is... They're, they're trying to paint the vision, right? Paint the vision, show them the mo-cap. So bad. I, I like wish they would have... AI-generated... What did you say? AI-generated movement? AI-model-driven AI legs. Model. So AI model. what, what, the way the technology will work I mean, probably not as smoothly as seen in the mocap scene where Mark is dancing about with the other lady across the stage from him, um, is that your cameras are going to be able to see uh, and and use that interpretation, interpolation from your actual positions with enough information, even with um, obst obstruction of imagery, uh, to, to reconstruct yourself in the virtual form. The problem has been in the past, as, as, as quoted by Mark, was that there were limits uh, in terms of what they could do. And if your leg is even, you know, 10 degrees off, people go, huh, that's not my leg. That's not where my arm yeah, is. And so exactly. you can understand why they've held off. But I feel like a lot of people, again, are looking at this like the toggle. It's like, let's give us legs. Just give us legs. But if we just gave you legs, this is the thing where I'll, I'll, I'll stand on their side for a moment. 
um, that experience. I've, I've been there before. You get poor inverse kinematics or whatever. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right at all. So you, waiting for it. I don't mind being Rayman up till that point. I'm excited it's coming. I've loved the hand tracking components that they've been building up over the years. Um, I'm yeah. glad we're getting legs. Hey, glad enough to put in a thumbnail. So wasn't it that everyone else is going to get legs? So you're not going to be able to see your own legs, but you'll be able to see uh, others' legs, kind of like everyone else's legs, or or what it would expect the legs would look like. So I guess that would maybe make sense. So everyone else around you looks kind of more realistic, but if you look down, you won't get that weirdness of like what is going on down there. (laughs) I guess what is going on down there. I just can't wait for like some kind of yoga group to go in there and like, you know, screw everyone's algorithm up. Like, be like, you know, where are these legs going? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, we've seen that every time someone takes the VR headset off and the arms and the legs do that funky dance where you're, away, you're yeah. melting into the floor and then coming back up. We've got to do something about that. But anyway, in, in a similar vein, we got codec avatars uh, got shown off in Abrash, uh, who I always love hearing from, spoke about the importance of face tracking nonverbal cues and richer human dialogue supported by this new technology, which honestly is further along than I was expecting. I mean, we've seen some pretty cool stuff. And even though they set a machine to, you know, crunch away at the data, even in the light form model, wow, it's looking very tantalizing the amount of facial detail they're getting out. And when they're using that on a skeleton that's reconstructed through the facial tracking, it looks fantastic. We're almost past mm-hmm. the uncanny valley now, which is very exciting. Almost, almost. almost. I, I like that you say that because almost. when I look at it, I still go a little bit like, Ugh. yeah, something a little off like, about Ugh. it. You can't really tell what it is, but it is, yeah, exactly. You know, a huge stride. It's pretty uncanny, right? And I feel bad because, like, I don't have. I think Mark Zuckerberg's a, you know, he's a smart man, but it, this is more of a personal thing. He just has a really punchable face to me, but that's a me problem, <laughs> <laughs> not a him <laughs> problem. <laughs> Maybe that's well, why. I don't know. Well, there's a what that poor. Man, oh man, I, I always it's wonder a big like problem. It's not a it's, him problem. I, I do wonder what he thinks about that because he he really he, he, it's like such a it's such a common thing. Like people really do. You're not the only one that has that visceral reaction to Mark. And There's it's just other like, people that I like that I feel like yeah. also have punchable faces, and yeah. it's not their fault. You know, that's my weird perception of them. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's very true. Um, but I, I, I would, I would definitely say that we're gonna have to hold, uh, hold Adam back when once Connect becomes physical again, and we're there with Mark on stage. He's and training, just, we're bro. Back. Back. He's training. Have you not, have you not but... seen the viral video where he's like MMA training? No, yeah. He's, oh no, he's, he's actually super impressive. Mm-hmm. Like, there's yeah. a video of Mark actually fighting in an MMA like sparring match. Yeah. It's no, he it's likes his wrestling for sure. And, that's awesome. Uh, sparring and. Um, all kinds of different things. But um, I would just say this. Um, this is probably the least human connect that we've had uh, before I get onto the details about the Quest Pro. So in particular, Carmack uh, touched on a whole slew of points. I, I watched this whole show before they cut him off, uh, which was quite sad because he clearly had more to go on. And they're like, nope, we got to pull you off stage. Sorry, your slot's done. But he felt <laughs> like a caged animal. He felt... He was behind an avatar the whole time. They didn't even show his real face, not even on film. Um, he was behind. A, he was locked behind this avatar, which might have been his choosing. Maybe he just didn't want to shave that day or whatever. I don't know. But I have to say, having stood, you know, a, a foot or two away from Carmack in the halls in San Jose, it is a far flung remove now uh, to have Carmack be put in that. Now I'm fine with Zuckerberg being. In a in the format that they've chosen, this kind of fixed, very corporate, very clean, you know, surgical presentation. 
fine. Give me Zuckerberg like that, like a canned tuna any day. But don't take my Carmack and can my Carmack. Like, I don't want canned Carmack. It doesn't taste nice, right? So that's 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 my feedback from, from Connect, which was otherwise a lovely show. They're, they've really banged on the whole Apple thing, the themes, the graphical accents, the website. It's all great. I think it's all great. It's really, really well done as a showcase, as a keynote. I always watch Apple showcases for the same thing. I don't care a damn about the products, but I just like seeing how like top end video production is done and how they do those unveilings, how they excite people. Um, so yeah. I think did the you Met guys nailed see, it in that camp. Did you see the presentation live? Like um, on the, in VR, sorry. In VR, I did not do it because I've had bad experiences in past years. How did that go? It was actually wonderful. Um, that That's actually one thing that I wanted to bring up was the production. Okay. What they did for for this connect was remarkable. If you were in a VR headset, um, in Horizons, people, right? In Horizons, That's where you yeah. went. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. They actually had like a really dope venue where the actual when when the logo showed up, the actual you actually started <laughs> flying towards the actual screen. So everybody oh, in the coexistent space flew it. Like pretty much what the presentation was showing you was actually happening to VR users in real time. Oh. It was absolutely gnarly. And 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 you can tell that that's what, that was Mark's intention. I think that there was probably, and, and I think Carmack by doubling down on the virtual presence, <clears> I think they re, if I, I guarantee you that they probably, Mark probably brought up the suggestions, like, can we make the connect in VR only? And it probably was like a PR nightmare, marketing nightmare that they were like, absolutely not. We need to make sure people can see it from a live stream, but yeah. it would have changed everything if they would have doubled down or maybe that was the intention. And maybe that's why they took so long in announcing the date. Maybe that was the intention. They were like, and they probably realized the infrastructure wasn't ready for that. But I would say it right now, this is going to be a, a, a reality bet that I'm going to make. I don't think connect will ever be coming back to in presence again. And they're going to be doubling down in virtual presence. And it's going to, I think the next year's one is going to be probably the first one that's going to be VR only. And Mark's original vision, that that, that, that crazy presentation where he had everybody in that VR headset that became like a meme yep. that scared people, it's going to happen. <laughs> yep. The only difference is, is that's going to be everybody in their homes and you're not going to see that. It's everybody going to be in a VR headset right. and that's going to change everything. And, and I, I mean, get it. And I get they have to because they've banked it. I still think it's too early. I think they, they they've... My yeah, thing is, I, but, the reason that I watched it, I, I would have liked to experience it in VR because I feel like, yeah, it would have been made for it perfectly. But I, you know, realistically, hey, I'm working, I'm multitasking while I'm watching this thing. So I want to be able to have it up on a screen while I can do other things. And until that's you know, why you want a headset, that's that why you want a business headset with multiple <laughs> screens and you no longer need a laptop. That's, when that's we get they're going to double down. They're going to double down on this. I guarantee you, if they have now that they have the Quest line and then the Pro line, I can see the connect going VR only. I think I'm going to yeah. say that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see them come back to physical because of the logistics, yeah. the cost, what COVID taught them, blah, blah, blah. And the fact that it's a metaverse company. It right? goes against so their, yeah, it goes against their actual company completely. If any company is going to be, you know, VR only metaverse only, then this is going to be them. Right. So mm -hmm. I, I, I hear you, Jose on that. I'm still a little sad <laughs> moving yeah. away from physical stuff. I want the communities to do it before you go on. I wanted to say that little part there. Yeah. Communities should handle celebrations of the space, not companies. Agree. I agree. And just like that Dave and Buster's thing, it reminded me of those side gigs that we used to have where indies would showcase in various rooms, down hallways and stuff. 
I love that. That's a yes. great scene. That's where I want to meet people. I don't want to necessarily fly in for the stage. That's stuff we can do over the web. No problem. But let's celebrate. Like you, I like that word. That's a great word to use there. So before we move on to um, Quest Pro and what I'll call the nerd specs, um, <laughs> any other takeaways from the general MetaConnect show? Very. Uh, it, was, it was what we expected, I think. Not, I think we covered it uh, in detail already. Yeah. Okay. So let me give you, <clears throat> for those who haven't already de delved into or sold themselves on Quest Pro, some of the specifics. So Quest Pro has a Snapdragon XR2 Plus chip. Uh, first time we've seen that in a headset. It's got pancake lenses, which make it just like pancakes with maple syrup, nice and flat, unless you like them fluffy, in which case go back to your Quest 2. Uh, a fixed <laughs> head strap, a max refresh rate of 90 hertz. Surprised me a little bit because the Quest 2 can go up to 120. They capped it, obviously, for a reason. Uh, slightly more pixels per eye than Quest 2, uh, but those pixels are used better because you don't have to have um, the single fixed panel. Um, better lens clarity as per those pancakes. So getting away from Fresnel lenses and moving to pancakes is going to give us back that clarity we had in the DK2 days, which I, I miss. Uh, also, the panels offer better blacks and the controllers are self-tracked. And everything has a bloody camera. I mean, we got double the Quest 2's RAM from 6 to 12 gigabytes. Um, and you can see that they went all out for this enterprise-focused headset to answer the question, I suppose, that we were spinning around the table about the price. With the amount, the sheer amount of tech they're packing into this thing, I see why it costs as much as it does. So I won't call it expensive. It's just a lot of money. Uh, and sometimes you find yourself not able to just put that money out. I'm super excited for the device. Yes, I want one but I didn't fork out for one yet. I'm holding out for other things that I have to spend money on. So uh, the device has eye-tracked foveated rendering, right? You might remember fixed foveated rendering from the Go, where what was in the center of your vision was sharper, and at the edges, the periphery was blurred. Eye-tracked foveated rendering does a similar thing, except for it's not fixed in frame. As your eyes move, the in-sharp detail part moves with your eyeballs, uh, which is pretty cool. I haven't seen that in a headset myself personally. I'd love to actually try that out soon. Um, the IPD range is cited as 55 to 75 nanometers with a smooth change, so stepless adjustments. It's not this three-clonk adjustment that we have on the Quest 2. Um, it's got 3D color pass-through, so it's not mono, but it's actually 3D uh, color pass-through. Color, of course, coming in. From what I've heard, it's relatively desaturated, uh, not quite true to life, but it it's not it's not black and white anymore, so that's a good step up. Uh, but I did want to differentiate between that and let's say uh, Pico's mono image that we we have with full color uh, pass through for the headset we'll talk about in a little bit. It's got the eye tracking, it's got the face tracking, it's got three microphones. <laughs> so we've moved in headset variations from one to two to three. Uh, so it's got Quest 2 has two microphones to help with stereo noise canceling. This one has three now. Um, also, obviously, it's going to be able to monitor your environment a bit better as well. It's got Wi-Fi 6E capability uh, and an antenna that will allow for twice the throughput bandwidth. Now, why would you care about that if you do a lot of PC VR streaming, uh, which it's likely you're going to be doing with a headset like this, um, then you would uh, you would want that for uh, throughput and better uh, detail again in the scenes that you got fewer artifacts from uh, introduced by wireless. The controllers themselves, they're not really just controllers anymore. Most controllers in our current modern day systems are quite dumb. Uh, these are essentially 
their own operable independent, you know, electronic device with its own little brain in there. So it's got three cameras each for each controller, an onboard chip. So it's basically a computing device. Um, they've also got three motor haptics for improved tactile feedback. That, I, I just can't wait to get my hands on that. I need to feel how good that is. Might sell me on them. Also, for the artists, designers, etc. out there, those who we spoke about last time about workrooms, there is a stylus nub that's like an add-on that you punch into the bottom of the uh, uh, of the tracked controller and can use that for drawing applications. Quite a nifty application. Another, like, one of the surprises at the event that I could have never forecast. I was really surprised at that one. I think it's quite smart, especially given who they're marketing the headset to. Uh, the Pro Controllers will be available for purchase independently, um... Uh, independent of and backwards compatible with Quest 2. So if you want to upgrade your experience, um, you can get a controller uh, that is on par with the cost of your headset. Um, so that's that's kind of interesting. Uh, the charging dock that comes in the box, we saw this all leaked before. As I said, this is like the worst kept secret. Um, and that allows also for something Carmack went into, which I liked a lot. He talked about functions where you would for example, tell your Quest 2 to get, snag all the updates before then powering off, right, to get charged when you connect it to a wall. So this charging dock also allows you to do seamless updates while it's charging. And that could be firmware or software, where it's, while it's charging, it's pulling down those updates. Um, but just mind the battery life, which I know Jose cited a little bit earlier. The headset itself is one to two hours runtime. The controllers, which have internal batteries that are not replaceable, are up, up to eight hours each. Uh, since the original unveiling, and now that's actually posted on Meta's store on the tech page, so very glad that they made that change. It was a bit weird that they launched without uh, that being cited up there. Um, and if you're looking for more, more, more importantly, can I can I ask you a quick question? Uh, more importantly, like I understand the two hour battery limit, yeah. but like how fast does the battery charge? Have they have they released any specs? Now? Because I think the told, two hour frame is. Go ahead. Go ahead. I've sorry. been told it's normal speed charging. It's not fast charging. So uh, you'll two hours down and roughly two hours up to charge it full again. Right. Okay. Speed. But you're right. That, fast that charging matters. sounds that scary, matters. though. Fast charging. I was thinking about that too at first, but fast charging, do you really want like a hot battery like in the back of your head? No, no but I do, want it to, I do want it to charge fast. I don't, I don't want anything else. Yeah, like, like, yeah. I mean, I, that's exactly, I, Jose, I was thinking the exact same thing. Like, I'm nervous enough just putting a battery strapped to my, my brain, <laughs> let alone it, a mobile phone battery being right in front of my eyes. What I would do, for example, is I would wear the headset for two hours to do work on, take the headset off, and then have an option to charge it fast so that within half an hour, I get another two hours. Right. And that's that's the premise that, of fast charging. You see it in a lot of mobile phone companies, for example. Um, I'm sure that's a future for them. But like Jose, mm -hmm. I think they probably chose specifically to play it careful. Yeah, it's scary, I, I would man. Bet. It's really scary. Like, I, I you know, like, I've, I don't know if you ever use like a, a Focus 3, but that one, like the fan is like running at 100% in order to ensure that that thing doesn't get hot. <laughs> and when you play a lot of PC VR, it gets... It, it, I, you know, when you use it beyond what they expect somebody to use a VR headset for, you start hitting like the 12 hour range. It's scary. It gets very dicey when you start hearing like the, 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 the chiming smells of the metal. It's like, mm, I should probably take off this headset and put it next to a fan. <laughs> so I, I do want to uh, touch on something here. So just to mention this too. So, um, 
in chat, Wolfraza was saying, and what about power banks? Quest is only a couple hours and I just hook up a phone power bank to grab like four or five hours. Why is this the hangout point? So uh, Wolf and like everybody else who's wondering this, I think the the one of the problems is with the package that you get with your $1,500 spent uh, and whatever else accessories you get with the thing is you can have the headset. And you can connect it to a battery in your pocket or something like that, right? So you can do that. You can externally uh, continue to, to keep it charged. With the internal batteries on the controllers, however, uh, so a really strange uh, decision was that they would include only one charging cable for the controllers. And I think the reason is, look, let's not in include two because most people aren't going to use the charging controllers. They're going to use the dock. So let's just include one but I feel like zero or two would have been the right numbers and including one is a bit odd because it's like, what, I'm going to choose charge one and then maybe the next day, remember to plug the next one. It's just strange. Um, bit of a weird, weird choice. But if, if you want to be like Zim was back when the Vive released, you would have your headset basically cabled to a battery pack, right? You'd have each of your controllers out and you'd have charging cables going to your pockets with two more battery packs and you end up looking kind of nutcase, right? Like it's not perfect for your workflow. Um, you have to deal with batteries warming up in your pocket or whatever. It, it's possible. It's possible, but it's probably not the streamlined experience you want. If you're in an architecture house, if you're in an office somewhere, if you're an artist, um, and, and the artist is actually the one that stands out to me the most. Like if you're focused and you're doing, you know, for seven hours, something creative, and all of a sudden a battery goes out in, a, in, a, in one of your controllers or both of them, what do you, what do you do? You've lost your flow. You're in the mantra. Like it's a real kind of design problem. And I get, they didn't design for that use case, but it's just, it's just something that I think it's worth the thinking about if, before you press buy, or if you have pressed buy, think about it. Like, am I happy with this? Cool. Then I'll get the headset. Like I said, if I had the money for it, I'd have, I'd have ordered one personally, because the headset is, it looks like this ubiquitous, like computing solution. That's just enough better than the quest Two to definitely want it. And uh, most of my sessions aren't 16 hour long, you know, gaming sessions, but, um, and I don't think it would be a problem for me. I, I just think if someone really is working in VR, like you're a designer or something, and you're working that many hours of the day that the controllers might be a problem for you, even the, you know, having to use a battery pack with a headset might be annoyance enough to, to kind of say, well, why don't I just stick with my quest? You know, I already got it. I don't have to pay money for that. So, but if you're, thing, yeah. if you're really keen on like detail now and you're like, I'm thirsty for more. Quest Pro information. Uh, I've personally been enjoying um, Eric Hartley's video series about Quest Pro demos. You can actually get hands-on with some of this stuff even now. Uh, mm -hmm. He's got a great video called My First Experience with Quest Pro at the Meta Store, and he covers off the full introductory experience with the Meta employees at their pop-up location in California. Uh, that's now at about 16K views and rising, so if you're interested, go check that out. If you're in North I've America... I played a few clips of it as well I on can the see. stream, yeah, so uh, perfect. people have seen like a few of them as well, but uh, for the full video, maybe check it out. He's been doing such great work and just like booking demo after demo, going to Best Buy, going to Walmart, going to the <laughs> Meta Store, like, and then sharing it with us like very quickly after he's done it. Um, I love seeing that. And so I just got to say thanks to Eric because that's the kind of stuff that I remember like when you were waiting for your DK2 or whatever to show up and you're just chewing on any content, any site of the headset, any information at all. If you're that kind of person, go check Eric's stuff out, Eric Hartley. Um, and if you want to get hands-on with the equipment, Best Buy demos are available in certain selections. So phone up your local Best Buy, check out on the web, see if they've got a MetaQuest Pro in store today to be able to book and go try it out. I certainly will be we had a, searching our area. 
We had a question from uh, Jeffrey as well, uh, saying, won't the Quest 2 controllers work with the headsets? Won't the Quest? Oh, uh, I don't believe they will. I don't think they're forward compatible. Uh, from no, I, all I didn't the details think so that I saw. Um, it is a different tracking mechanism, obviously. Uh, yeah. Could they patch that in in the future? You'd think they could because it would be software layer from the lenses of the camera. The only the only problem there is they did reduce the footprint of cameras. Although they've gotten, gone up in the number of cameras, what those cameras were doing in the Quest 2 design was they were tracking not only your position, but also the controllers. And that was a mandatory thing. And they, they were able to slim down the uh, use and change the position on the headset. So you might end up with like, I don't know, patchy occlusion problems if you were to have a software right. toggle for it. But I think that the answer was no. Uh, for the moment. The other places that I've been looking that I think have, have done really great coverage for Quest Pro, just to just to be aware, Norm from Tested did a really long video on, on that. And I thought he, he they are always very kind of deadpan, kind of go through all the uh, questions that you'd, you'd be wanting to ask. And also more recently on a variety of pieces of hardware and from uh, the Reddit forums of old, old Heaney555, David Heaney from Upload VR has been giving great coverage across all types of headsets. Um, just specific points. And I think he really you know, gets to the point for me right now, David is upload <laughs> with all the departures that they had, you know, with Ian and David, other David and others uh, that have gone. So uh, keep an eye on those, uh, those creators as well and follow them. If you don't already uh, games wise, we did get some interesting uh, showcases. I think the one that was most interesting from resolution games uh, is Demio uh, yes. color pass through. Color pass through. This is like exactly what I demonstrated with Tilt Five, yeah. this game board, you know, AR setup. Except for it's it's in your headset, it's full color, it's Demio, which you love, and it's on your table or whatever. Like heck yeah, I, I want that now, right? Like that these, sounds. These kind of confuse me though, because there were a lot of really cool game uh, pass showings of like what they've been working on with pass through once they could finally announce it. But I'm like, I thought it wasn't really necessarily meant to be a gaming headset. But I will say that the Mixed reality um, or pass-through experiences with gaming do look really cool. Like, yeah, being able to have your Demio board, like, just on your table, uh, which is kind of like Tilt 5e, but, <laughs> like, reverse sort of. So it I makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. The best part is the social aspect, I think, Adam, for me personally, because if you're sat in a room with your significant other, friends, whatever, right, and you can look across to them or you can see them in your peripheral vision, see the human, but also see the game, that's one of the advents or the advantages of, of, of AR. And so like what Rowdy's saying, I honestly think, and I'm sorry to the Tilt 5 folks, because I really love what they've been trying to do. I, I really put them in the, the Pimax category now. Like they've got one trick and the one trick pony is about to get beaten by the multi-factor printer that can do 16 things. I honestly think. Um, so they need to find like a unique selling point and a price point that's appreciable, you know, with software to go. Otherwise they're going to have trouble. Yeah. So, because uh, stuff like this is just coming at us so fast now. And and to your point, Adam, as well, like the, uh, I think this is again Meta trying to show like, you know, that they're wanting to go for an all-in-one headset, you know, mm -hmm. like just not only business, but gaming, but literally like replacing what you, whatever it is that you're using now in like a single device. Since, since I think in the future, they don't want to have like a gaming headset and they want to have a business headset, but this is kind of like, like, Putting the foundation for that kind of vision into like, look, the, the gaming experience we have, although they're limited, they're there and they show the potential of taking this further. 
and uh, you know the the business aspect is now the focus. But I think eventually, just as we saw with the you know the filtering out of the, the Oculus Go, and you know we saw the filtering out of the Oculus Rift, like you see that kind of merger to that single single device that they're pushing out. Yep. And I think that's eventually what's going to happen here as well. That makes sense. That's also probably why they showed, you know, they had the Beat Saber also featured uh, right. in during Oculus Connect. I thought was really interesting. But yeah, having, yeah. well, let's get there already. I want something that I could do everything from. <laughs> uh, like, well, up. to be fair, also <laughs> is that, to be fair, mix, uh, the, 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 the Quest Pro is a gaming device for content creators. You know what I mean? Because if you're in the content creation industry, if you're doing this professionally and you are, if you're going to like showcase a lot of games that are going to be showcasing mixed reality, it will make a lot of sense to showcase these games with full color pass through instead of uh, showing the game unless you do something clever. There's some one release that's doing some mixed reality stuff that I'm going to talk about after. But, um, yep. you know, they, they did a trailer about what they're doing. And unfortunately, as much as, as cool as the concept is, it made me realize I was like, oh, man, like the, 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 the gray, the, the black and white grayscale pass through isn't good. Is isn't great for content creation it's a great idea it's a great but the the the, the pro is going to allow the content creators to do a lot of mixed reality stuff right like I, I, all... I agree with you it doesn't feel right like when you see the black and white it's like this weird um halfway to where you want to be yeah. it's like if if all of a sudden f reality just started producing black and white content and you're like <laughs> i kind of need the color it's extra well, yeah. layer yeah. of information i'm yeah. missing something you yeah. can't reproduce the feeling on a flat screen so someone watching a black and white flat yeah. screen pass through experience mm -hmm. is just like what it this looks yeah. old like it looks like it's going backwards it in time exactly when it, like it might be it might, it might be fun <laughs> exactly it might be fun like on a on a quest 2 like to play it but to see right. it, to enjoy it, it has to be in color pass through. So that's that's kind of like yeah. how I see it. I think the Quest Pro is really a professional device, including professional gaming, including the gaming content that you're going to be showcasing to others. That's that's what they meant with 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 showing Beat Saber yeah. this with this style. Because mm -hmm. you know that I, I guarantee you, once the Quest Pro goes live and everybody's getting it, you're going to see a bunch of uh, Beat Saber content creators doing like, oh, Beat Saber in the middle of a grocery store, Beat Saber here and there. And yeah, you know, another, challenge. Yeah. it's another trick <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. We also saw a couple of other games. So games wise, it was Demio Color Passthrough, also Spatial Ops, which looks a lot like yes. um, a game that we featured on the podcast a few episodes back where you've got basically corridor first person shooter obstacles in what looks to be, I'll call it warehouse scale VR. And there were loads of questions pushed back to the developer saying, hey, are those objects fixed? Are they kind of reactive? Like how, how is this being generated? How is it being mapped and stored? And they're like, well, still early days, right? We're not given any way, any information about this, but this is the kind of stuff that's coming. And I like what Jose's saying, developers are starting to kind of toy with this. Uh, obviously some of them have had access for some time. This is how far they've gotten and they're still on that road. And it's really interesting to see it. So one of the things for people who are, who are gamers and looking at this headset and saying, does my quest two now still have parity? The unfortunate answer is no, because as these move forward, it's going to be the new benchmark. So if you, if you want that kind of content, I, I'm not expecting long form stuff, honestly, in this, but the indie, the old school Oculus share type stuff, this is where it, there's going to be some play in this sandbox. And I think if you want into that, you have to pay the price, which is... Yeah. That's, mm. I hadn't even thought about that. Now I'm like, no, do I need to go buy one now? 
Trust me, I've had this conversation with myself and my wife like on a circular loop. It's like, do I, can I get one? Do I need it? Do I want it? Like, is now the right time? Uh, slime ball was another once one. It actually replaces my workflow. Yeah, that's and when I do it. I'm kind of there with Rowdy on this. Um, slime ball was one other one. It's like a one v one. And for, I don't know, let's see, 6,000 Canadian dollars, you and your wife can get together across a, a table and play a, a ping pong with space alien goop monsters. Um, Sounds like a regular Saturday true. to me. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, like, I feel like right now you can't really laugh at the content that's there. You have to appreciate kind of like, OK, devs have been toying with it, trying to see what works and what doesn't work. It's all still very nascent, right? This kind of AR, VR, mixed layer Gaming, how how is that going to be appreciated by gamers? How is it going to be experienced? Um, I'm, I'm really curious. Look how much fun they're having in the trailers, Zim. Like, they're having so much, so much fun. fun. <laughs> I wonder how much they were paid. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of fun money. A lot of fun money. I like that. They're happy oh. because of the paycheck. <laughs> oh, I know. We got paid. But we'll see what comes, right? Yeah. I mean, there, there could be some cool games. Honestly, out of, out of the stack of what we've seen, Demio is the one that stands out to me. But I think there will be plenty of yes. applications that really... Uh, do challenge this. For example, why couldn't you get a board game uh, simulator? I can't remember tabletop simulator, for example, mapped in that space through full color pass through on a given table and then have items, objects, cards, whatever floating in, in, in spatial environment in front of you. That kind of thing seems like a, you know, not a very difficult lift from the tech stack that's available in the headset. So that's quest pro anyway. Um, as I said, very, very looking very forward to Jose getting his head into this one, even though I know yes. I won't for some time. I'm going to be looking at Best <laughs> Buys locally, seeing if I, I can get along for a demo. Um, maybe you'll get a chance, Adam, when you're at um, at the event out in Ooh, early maybe. November. I'll try to start mm, hoarding be... some gift cards. Many of it one day. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone only give me Best Buy gift cards. I'm just going to collect them until I have enough to pay for it. <laughs> oh, man. It's like, a, it's like a whole new kind of Twitch stream, that is. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Pay me only Best Buy gift cards. Just Best Buy gift totally cards. Totally not scammy, good. I swear. Not at all. <laughs> um, so, so, so that's the Quest Pro. Any final thoughts before we move to Pico 4? Nope. Go ahead. Yeah. I know we're, we're running late. We're already three minutes and ten in. Okay, we're going to try and finish this before the three-hour mark. So, all right. Pico 4. This isn't very long, so thankfully. Pico 4 Enterprise. ByteDance, the big old TikTok company who we've loved this episode, uh, has the Pico 4 Enterprise coming for 900 euro in Europe, Middle East, Africa, India, Australia, and New Zealand. No North American launch confirmed yet. So, ha, take that, Americans! Right, I'm sure Nathan would be cackling right about now. Um, the US release will come sometime in the future. And just to be clear, this Enterprise headset, this form, uh, is only being sold to registered businesses, not general day-to-day -day consumers, right? So this is a business-focused headset. And this is similar to some, what we saw Vive do a couple of years back, um, where they're focusing specifically on selling to businesses. Uh, tech spec-wise, it boasts three internal cameras for eye and face tracking uh, with a slight bit more RAM than the Pico 4, the base model. So the base model has eight gigabytes, or sorry, has four gigabytes, and this model has eight. Uh, but that's about it for the differences. So you get eye tracking, face tracking, and uh, and a bit more RAM. Um, just to confuse things a touch more, Pico 4 Pro, labeled that way only in China, is a slight uptick on the Enterprise. So you've got the base model, the Enterprise, and then the China-only Pico 4 Pro. 
which is going to be released with 512 gigabytes of storage. The normal model has 256 gigabytes. Um, just to compare with the cheaper Pico 4 that a lot of people are picking up as they're like, I got to buy something this year. Where can I put my money? And so they're jumping at, at Pico 4, which to be honest, offers some boosts above Quest 2 and it has some drawbacks. So it feels like a bit of a uh, no gain situation there. But, you know, if you, if you really want to get into something new, new environment, new headset, you know, get to love it all again. Uh, then Pico 4 is probably a good one for you. Um, just a remind on cost here. So for the base model, 128 gigabytes, 430 euro, and it's 500 euro for a 256 gigabyte model. And thankfully, because a euro and dollar uh, are almost the same value, I'll let you do the math. Uh, thank you, crumbling macroeconomic environment. That's the Pico 4 Enterprise. So anyone here tried it, bought it, buying it? Anything? Probably not, because they said that, like you said, it's just going to be for, uh, even if you, as a regular consumer, were able to get your hands on one, you wouldn't have access to really a library of anything. So it's, it's just kind of a yeah. weird spot where it's like it it could have been an interesting middle ground for people that thought Quest Pro's kind of expensive, but they want to maybe play games on it and have the eye tracking and all that. But it's you're not going to, as a gamer, be able to do much with it. So it's a weird spot yeah. there. Yeah. So the, just to clarify something that I picked up, and then Jose, I'll come to you. Um, the Pico 4 standard edition does have the ability to cable to a PC. I hear that it is, I think it's a display port connection. Um, you hmm. can also connect via USB, but USB suffers from compression artifacts, is what I've heard, uh, quite severely, like well beyond what we're used to in Quest 2. But apparently the direct connection is pretty decent for PC VR. So that helps you on the content side. Um, Jose, you were going to, yeah, that's actually what I was going to add. It's uh, I do have a demo, uh, for the Pico four enterprise, um, in November. Cool. Um, we're, I'm going to see some LBE experiences that are, that are being built for it. Um, that's actually what they're, what they're looking to do. This is going to be, um, meta isn't really interested in location based in commercial use of their headsets, right? They're, they're, they're trying to get people in their houses. So Pico on the other Mm -hmm. hand is very focused in what vive is doing. Um, HTC has done over the years in the enterprise and um, side, really in the enterprise side of it all. So they're they're kind of going after that. They wanna they wanna they want people to say, hey, you can't use a Quest Two for for this you know water slide VR experience, but you can use a Pico Four. So that's that's kind of where that's yeah. kind of actually one of the demos I'll be I'll be trying. Um, oh, I'll be interested um, in hearing in your thoughts and in, in the arcade space, how you think, you know, compared to Vive, if you think this is going to be something better, that, that'll be interesting. I I'll, yeah. I'll probably, really say, like I'll probably go ahead and say it now. It's going to definitely be a very strong contender just based on the lenses themselves, right? Like the current king um, is the Focus 3. Um, the Focus yep. 3 is pretty much a, a Quest 2. It, it is a little bit clocked higher because it's running at the full clock speed. But once again, as I, as I mentioned earlier, the fan is running the entire time. So there's a lot of ergonomic issues that the Pico 4 seems to have may have figured out, um, mm. but I, I got to definitely try it myself and, and see this in a, you know, where a lot, yeah, in a very crazy PC VR environment where you're pushing a lot of bandwidth, like the, the mm-hmm. display port connectivity is crazy on its own because wireless display ports are coming. And that's actually a lot of stuff that, that you know, a lot of people are starting to dabble in through Kickstarter, like the Valve Index, uh, Wireless What's a wire? Sorry, when you say wireless display port, so you mean it's a, it's communicating a of, to a dongle that goes through a display cor- port? Correct. So there's a lot of okay. real-time um, encryption layers that are happening that kind of decode uh, graphic 
uh, graphic video in real time. That's kind of how the index is working in the wireless module. It's like, it's pretty much a box that's decoding the graphics in real time. So if the Pico 4 kind of does this in headset, all you need is a dedicated adapter that's kind of is similar to like the, the, the Vibe Pro wireless adapter. And you're yeah. going to start seeing 8K high fidelity wireless VR headsets. And yes, it's streaming, but all of the, 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 the decoding and tracking and all that's happening inside the headset. So we're going to start seeing, I, I'm ready for this, man. I'm telling you, it's like when you start <sighs> seeing the layers behind the scenes and what they're kind of doing with these headsets, it's, it's high fidelity PC VR. It's always been PC VR. And we're kind of going all the way full circle into the index two. Like this is, that's all that's but, happening. But we had to, I think we had to. And I think that's what Carmack, that's the same road that Carmack painted. He's like, mm -hmm. we've got to do mobile VR if we want to get to the to, right end yes. state. And now we're like, we're almost coming around the curve and that's, that's pretty nifty. So yeah. like you, I'm very excited for this. I want to correct something that I said, cause I think I was misleading. Adam, I got your point earlier that the uh, enterprise is actually, and, and Chad has corrected me on this as well. It's, it's a separate store. So it, so it doesn't have the same capabilities as the Pico. So if you were thinking to maybe find a way to get a Pico 4 enterprise, you might want to stop right there and just go for the Pico 4. So uh, thank you for that. Right. All right. So um, that is it for our main news. And we can finally get to uh, the releases spot. Now that all those tech specs fired up your inner nerd and you've hungered for some new experiences, then this is what the next part is all about. It's about what's new and upcoming. Well, Jose is here to fluff us up and give us the big release we also desperately need. All right. Um, so the first one is we finally got a price for Among Us VR. Um, on November 10th, uh, the release date for Among Us VR uh, looks like it's going to be $9.99 USD. That's about nice. £9 for the international homies. Um, very excited. Uh, I know that they're, they're doing a big splash with community engaging events. Uh, I know that they're doing a really dope event where the people are going to be. I, I can't wait to just see a bunch of content creators go, you know, betray themselves in Among Us VR in, in a virtual space. Um, so that's definitely the, the one that kind of, caught my attention the most um number two on my list is i expect you to die home sweet home uh it's a mixed reality undercover um mini missions it launches on october 25th and it's free um it looks there's a steam vr uh link already available for it i think it's a quest 2 um it looks like they're they're finally starting to dabble and showcase what they've yeah. been what the quest pro is going to really be able to do and what made me Unfortunately, really bummed out was the trailer, right? They're, they, they, yeah. they're, they're, See, they, it looks they, horrible on a flat screen, kind of. Well, not yeah, horrible, yeah. but like it, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. I, was I wasn't already checking. Is this something wrong with my internet here again? Like, you know, what is going on <laughs> here? Sure. Why is it so? Oh no, 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 no. He was saying that it's it, the video it, quality it, it or... looks poorly. Mm -hmm. So yeah. he was, he was, oh, okay, he was okay, saying, okay. oh, is my internet it down? Truly yeah, is. It looks so. It, looks it doesn't so look good. Yeah, it's not great. But I understand why they did that because they want. Quest 2 users to not think this is a Quest Pro exclusive title. And once again, nobody's going to play Good this point. And, and make content creation in pass through. They're going to probably want to use a Quest Pro to do this. And it, it just goes to show that the technology is there. We just now need pass through. And they're, all of the content creation is going to be done of uh, showing mixed reality is going to be the best sales tool for the Quest 3. Um, mm. I, I'm now more confident. I don't, I don't know. I, I think the quest three might not, a lot of people keep saying the quest three is going to be a, 
a connect product, I'm going to go ahead and like, it's not. Um, number three, requisition. Sorry, wait, wait. What's wait, up? Wait, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? I don't that? What do you think, mean I think the, the Quest product? 3 is going to be here sooner than be, way before the Meta Connect. I think the Quest 3 might right. be released maybe like, oh, I'll be surprised if March of next year, February of next year, it's going to, it's going to gut Bro. punch the PlayStation VR, it, it, especially with, uh, sadly, it's Bradley's uh, leak. And I know I'm kind of going on a different tangent here, but no, it's just- it's fine. It's seeing um, mixed reality being showcased always makes me remind, makes me think that are they really ignoring gaming the way that we all thinking right now? Uh, like, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna get on that train with you. Mm -hmm. I, I I mean you already know I thought it should have come out a week ago, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> or it should have been announced a week ago. Yeah. But um, I think I think we won't wait a, a full year. I don't the think so. The only thing that I think might cause us to wait a full year, um, because this isn't confirmed yet, and it's not something that Zuckerberg has commented on, is that. I would be surprised if in their final engineering build, they don't have eye and face tracking. It seems so core to their model that I would think that if they had to, they would sacrifice the months in the calendar and they would take the hit on market loss to get those in. I, yeah. I don't think that that headset is going to launch without those features because yeah. they're all about social. You don't have the next version of social without eye and face tracking. And you certainly don't have everything else maybe 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 the the future of of these devices uh, of gaming is not social and maybe they're starting to realize that it's just engaging with people right we, we consider multiplayer social so maybe they're like hey maybe eye tracking isn't necessary if people are know. communicating they're, they're pretty, they're pretty <laughs> hardcore going with the social experience thing though yeah. so i don't know but the but gamers are I, gamers decide right and, and i think that i haven't seen one compelling game that that eye tracking is like oh wow this is important for it unless oh, like absolutely poker. i i agree with you that when it comes to the gamer saying what do they care about they just care about the price they care so about the strip, price strip the shit out it's the same thing they did with the head strap right they just made the head strap as kind of <laughs> as simple as possible as low cost as possible if you want to upgrade go ahead i love the modular nature of the quest i know for a lot of people they're like but it cost me 600 for a yeah. quest that should have cost me three um yeah but that's because it fits your use case but if you're stay-at-home soccer mom who all she does is sit on the couch after a busy day to play puzzling places and chill out after the kids have, you know, I tornadoing it. around the house, it, the device is perfectly priced for you, right? Exactly. So I'm, I think I'm they excited. should continue that with the next headset. I think that's a, a smart play. Like, keep it as cheap as possible, as bare bones as possible, similar to what the Oculus Go had done, and just, you know sell tons of them exactly uh, um that's fine i i love yeah. it um going up with number three requisition vr uh early access uh <laughs> just released um looks like it's 1999 usd about 18 pounds um yeah so requisition vr oh dude it's uh that's a fun one. Oh man i don't even know how that how you do both you... you both have played it I yes. played alone. Well, not bit. together, but like in, no, in my yeah. experience with it, something that's interesting about it is you can literally take any any two or three objects you find together and just tape them together. It doesn't matter if they don't make sense or they're very functional. Like I took a plunger and duct taped that to toilet paper and I was like, yeah, I made something awesome. <laughs> but the mechanics of it are interesting. So you kind of have, uh, well, there's different modes. I mostly did the story mode because I'm very more co-op person, but you have some objectives that you can complete before the wave starts, like build some traps fuel this bus uh, or find the battery for the whatever. Um, but then while you're doing that, you can also kind of prepare. You can nail the doors and windows. Um, you can make your crazy mm. contraptions. Um, it's very, 
I don't want to say controlled sandboxy because that sounds weird, but you can just take whatever you want together and make, um, they do have some like uh, recommended builds. Like you can take a, um, what was it? A leaf blower and like a, a blowtorch. And you, you put those together, you kind of make like a makeshift flamethrower. So they have yeah. some like recommended builds, but otherwise yeah, like, you or just the... tape. Do you find recipes or is are, no. like, well, how, are you guided at all? Or is it all just completely like just grab it open-ended put it together um, they allow okay. you to experiment it's it's super cool so it, it's uh, the, the best way to compare it is uh it's left for dead vr right a lot of people have tried to go after that but the the vr part is always for guiding right so when you think of left for Dead vr you think of four-player cooperative you know zombie horde game but no yeah. it's a very they they went above and made it a virtual reality game right so now you can actually walk around you can grab objects you can experiment they don't they they have builds that they recommend you but you can actually experiment like the basketball with duct tape and knives and you can make like a bouncing projectile that's bouncing off the walls and killing every zombie it hits you could so, put stuff in a toaster and shoot that out at zombies or your friends <laughs> it doesn't matter yeah <laughs> it's a very dramatic. yeah yeah a, a question though like the the game itself is it is it um survive the wave prepare for the next wave survive the next wave like what's the like what's the life so cycle there's of the currently game? i believe three co-op modes i think one of them is like horde mode one is survival mode and there's one where you go from base to base kind of like left for dead style um it looks like they have a lot of plans down the road they're, they're trying to add as many multiple um play styles for for cooperative experiences there's like kind okay. of a story so before each uh-huh. uh in that particular mode before you start each round there's kind of like a yeah. comic book showing with uh you know voice acting but that's it's one of those things i found that was extremely ignorable like you just want to duct tape yeah. things together the story was definitely not a big selling point uh in this yeah. one i think <laughs> got it yeah that's cool all right nice i haven't had nice. a chance to, to try that one yet um requisition vr so that's available now uh, available now early on steam access. early access okay. yeah um the next one is half-life vr mod that just released um mm. it's really it's a it's a new mod uh it's the half-life not half-life 2 it's the original half-life um it's oh. a really dope uh it, it's it's pretty much the uh i forgot the name of it a uh, black mesa Pretty much where oh, they, they yeah. VR, yeah. yeah. The soldiers so and all that. Mm-hmm. So they they pretty much did that for for VR, and they focus more on the original feeling of Half Life, right? And they just injected VR, which made the game feel more like Half Life than any of the other approaches to making uh, mm. Half Life in VR. And mm. all they had to do was make the game playable in VR and just make very slight changes to the environment. That goes to once again prove that these games don't re- really require to be rethought about, right? Because when games in the 3D space are being made, they're already being made with the intention of you feeling like you're walking through a corridor. So you don't yeah. have to make the corridor feel bigger in order for it to feel like it's a real one, right? So all you have to do is just add the VR injectors. And I also wanted to point out, um, I don't know if there, I did share the link for this. Okay, cool. But um, just the, 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 the attention to detail when it comes to six degrees of death weapons, right? This is something that a lot of people are not, are starting to see uh, uh, a lot in when it comes to VR injector mods, which is revisiting textures, revisiting graphic assets that were created in these old games and bringing them back into virtual reality and to make them feel alive. Um, I only played about four hours of, of the mod, but all they did in this VR mod was just 
literally they just touched up a few textures and they changed the voice acting and they put VR injectors. That's it. They didn't go like the Black Mesa route where they tried to add a lot of different variables to make the game feel mm. more alive and more polished. And to be quite honest, I think this is the best VR Half-Life there is. And I played wow. Black Mesa. I loved Black Mesa. I love what, the, what they're doing with it. But it's a different game um, where the v, this Half-Life VR mod feels like a real world with Half-Life. You know, they, they added female scientists right something as simple really? as that. yeah dude that's hey. all they did uh, something as simple as adding female scientists and the weapons i was like oh man this is this is what half-life vr should have been instead of you know going all crazy with the technology so um yeah that's uh. that's out now <laughs> it's on it's on steam i highly recommend uh, especially if you play the the black mesa vr mod because it definitely i, proves... I got some questions yes. for you about this for sure as an original and i mean the original half-life one fan big fan of that mm -hmm. game um so did you get to play through the section where for example the scientists are getting pierced by this giant claw that's smashing oh, the tentacle. Through glass? yes yeah the, like tentacle. the, the, the I, great that... tentacle scene you, you i i okay so what they <laughs> they they didn't change anything so what they, they, they didn't change actually anything in the core of the game itself. All they allow you is to be in control of Gordon the entire time. So you actually see that scene in real time. It's not a cut scene. It's not making you yep. play somewhere. It's the original scenario happening in real time. So you can get killed if you want to walk up to it and get stabbed when the scientist getting dragged out. And that's, that's, that's the cool thing about seeing the, the nice. VR mod scene. Is like, wow, they actually pulled off a way better just VR mod, but just not changing anything. They Some of those moments are so like replayable. Like I do not want to get to the 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 bunny hopping Zen levels. Forget all of nah. that junk at the end of the game and even the final boss fight. Forget that. But the first like few hours of Half-Life One is is really so great. So um, good. And and do you remember like taking the the artifact or whatever in the cart and that horrible physics? It wasn't physics at the time. <laughs> yeah. The horrible cart that skates along. Yeah. And then the electricity comes. I mean, that whole environment, that room where what do they call it? The, the event chamber. where uh, you're in the chamber. Yeah. Yeah. And the test chamber or the whatever chamber. it was and everything falls apart and then the worlds collide. I mean, those are just classic mm -hmm. gaming moments. I'm curious. And to be able to feel that is just great. Did you see it in VR changes off your top? Did you play the Half-Life 2 VR mod? Because I'm curious. I mean, yes. obviously one's more, you know, older than yeah. the other, but as far so as the, the feel of it 2, in VR. Yeah, Half-Life like, 2 VR mod feels like, feels like an actual different game, right? And a lot of people have been saying that. Mm -hmm. It's a different game. It gives you the energy. It, it's, you're, it feels more... It's like Half-Life Alex. Half-Life Alex doesn't really give me Half-Life energy at all. It's a great game. It's mm -hmm. a great story. I, I love the environments. It, it, it reminds me, yes, it invokes a lot of Half-Life, but it's not Half-Life. Um, playing Half-Life VR felt like Half-Life. I just have a mm. different interface with it. Yeah, and, and, and that's exactly yeah. There, that, that's yeah, exactly so. what made me. You know, I I I was originally like up to recently, I was very like in that school process of maybe VR games should be made from the ground up. But I and now I'm starting to to really reconsider that entirely. It's like no, I think it's just VR is still too new to the point that we're still learning what interfacing looks like. And we're just yep. learning to interface with old with old games, old, old environments. I, I, Half Life VR is a great example of that. Lovely, yep. yeah. That's about it to have this week, guys. <laughs> Sounds nice. good. 
Yeah, Jose, well, thanks Very for good. taking us back to Half-Life 1. Jeez, was oh, not dude. expecting that for nice. this cast. <laughs> I know we were talking Half-Life, but for some reason my brain was fixated on one of the yeah. other ones. Um, <laughs> but that's great. I love I love being pulled back there. I remember playing Quake 2. Uh, I remember playing Quake or uh, Half-Life 1, uh, the deathmatch mode in multiplayer on my quest. You could sideload it back in the day just a few years ago. Uh, those were all good times. Yeah. So now it's nearly time uh, for me to find a cyberpunk outfit. Uh, that'll scrape me past Halloween. Um, so pop any final questions you have into chat now, and I'll blanket you with our regular show times. Uh, we live stream every other Saturday on YouTube and Twitch. Uh, show goes live at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, and 6 p.m. in the UK. If you missed the live cast, well, don't you worry, little Casper. The audio version haunts iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud in the week after our live show. Subscribe. Hub, like, and DEFCON 5 notifications on to be ready for another battle, and you're all set for the next encounter. All right. Chat, have we got anything there for... Uh, well, we... I, I just wanted to say for our audio listeners, um, so we do have the black and white version, just like the pass-through available on our YouTube. <laughs> so, you know, be sure to come and check that out in case you didn't... <laughs> Cute. So I know we were talking about it earlier, but uh, we do have that there. The dramatic. I've done streams in black and white. It gives a totally different vibe. Like, yeah. it really kind of brings the emotion through. It's, it's pretty yeah. neat, but yeah. It's pretty depressing. Yeah. It is It is a bit depressing. Um, oh, very good. Well, thanks, everybody, for hanging with us. It was a long cast today. A uh, few hiccups that we had seem to be internet, so sorry for those. But hey, it happens. Um, thanks for hanging out. An early happy Halloween from all of us at F Reality. Now it's time to take a bow and exit stage right. See you, everybody.